When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What do you do when no one else is watching? What do you do that makes you happy for no reason at all? What are you obsessed with? I'm Leslie Arfin, and I'm a writer, but I'm also a dancer, a painter, a vapor, a dollhouse enthusiast, and basically just an overall hobbyist. My podcast, Filling the Void, is all about what other people are fanatically into. We talk about hobbies, even if you don't have one. Listen to Filling the Void on Tuesdays on the Erios Network. And subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Hi, Dave here. I am not with my wife, Kathy. I am alone. But I am here, I'm not alone because all of you are here, and I uh, am here with a special PSA because Succession, the greatest show on TV right now, is coming back for season three. We are incredibly excited and we thought what better time to post our two hour (laughs) chat about season two, which we did for our Patreon episode. Uh, a few years ago we thought we'd uh, post that here on the main feed so for uh, anybody who wants to get up to speed and also to let you all know that we are going to be doing weekly uh, episodic episodes week to week that's what weekly means Dave um, over on our Patreon for Succession so as soon as it airs we're going to start weekly episodes just like we did with uh, Game of Thrones back back when that was a thing Uh, so if you'd like to join the fun uh, then come join us over at patreon.com forward slash the cinemile and of course if you're not watching succession then you can take logan roy's advice and fuck off Cinemile High Club. It's Dave. It's Kathy. It's the Cinemile High Club. Um, we watched. Right. We we did it. We finished Succession. We've seen it. We've seen it all. Uh, full spoiler warning for Succession series one and two. If you haven't seen it, go and watch it because it's is for my money the best show on television. I mean, nothing can compare to it. Um, like every week, I'm not joking. After the episode, I literally couldn't sleep. I was that excited. Yeah, that, like, that theme only... music just goes through your head <laughs> all music, night while you stare at the ceiling. Just and, thinking and... about it like, every week and how like it's epic. Like it's absolutely epic. I wish I could say uh, "fuck off" the way Brian Cox does. <laughs> Fuck off! <laughs> you actually—that's a good impression. He is. It's so good, <laughs> and it's one of those shows oh. that kind of halfway through we went. Do you know what? We really should be doing like weekly, weekly things about this because it's so hard like there's so much happening but I just we didn't know if enough of our listeners actually watch it or not so let us know if you do and we'll do it for yes, season three if you, if, you're, if you are just listening if, you, if you've watched it and you're listening to this 
Just pop a note in the comments saying I watched Succession because we need you to know because season three will do. Every we're just week. interested in numbers. Yeah, um, because Game of Thrones we knew you all watched, therefore it made sense. But it doesn't make sense if like three people are listening. Yeah, and and to the rest of you, to the to the uh, however many of you minus three, go watch it. Just yeah. go, just please, I cannot recommend this show highly enough. And get in on the ground floor because this thing's gonna kick off soon, and it, it should be one of the biggest talking points. I mean, the Guardian wrote an article about how it's the new Game of Thrones. I don't quite buy that comparison I don't buy it because it's better than Game of Thrones oh big big shot okay um, in many ways it is better than Game of Thrones um, in every way now certainly okay the way we're going to do this like Cathy said um, we probably should have done this week by week because there's an inordinate amount of things to talk about because basically they packed so much into every episode um, the way we're going to structure this is we're going to go through the Roy family one by one plus Tom he's technically a Roy he's a Roy <laughs> um and we're gonna just discuss their sort of say character journey from the beginning of this season to the end of the season, um, and we're gonna finish the end of this on the bombshell. We will get to yeah. the bombshell. So strap no, in. No, this it's not be a, a bombshell. It's a blood sacrifice. <laughs> no, no, no. It's a double blood sacrifice. Double blood sacrifice. Yeah. I literally, after the episode ended, was just like. <laughs> and I have, never, I have never been more excited. That was that was red wedding level excitement. Honestly, um, what what slash what's been, shock? What's been so great about this though is like for me, it's the proof of like the ultimate way to consume TV. As much as I enjoyed when we binge season one of Succession because we caught up on it late, it's getting it weekly. Because it's getting that. Oh, but is it though? It's, it's a painful wait. It's a painful wait, but every Monday we were so ex- like, honestly, we had ten great Mondays in a row where we were genuinely like excited for Mondays. Yeah, that's just true. Good <laughs> uh, like Sunday night in the but, states, and you get that thing like Game of Thrones. I know we keep mentioning that, but you get that uh, collective discussion. Oh my god! Everyone in my office is watching it. Like everyone in my office, um, which I absolutely love. Yeah. All right, so look, look, let's get into it. We got and a lot some people to talk say, about. Some people will say what? What? Sorry. Okay, we're on it. We're on a muddy path here, letting people. No, fight. I'm saying some people are like, "Oh, I haven't watched it yet. No spoilers." And I'm like, "Fuck you! <laughs> you didn't watch it on Monday night. Fuck you off. don't deserve to be part of this conversation." <laughs> but that being said, I would never spoil it for anyone because I, I'm the one who's telling everyone to watch it. My little sister's just started watching Elizabeth, so she'll be listening to this in a few weeks. My mom's just started watching it. Everyone's getting on the. All right. Look, we're setting up. We need, to, we need to get on. Yeah, get on the succession train. One last thing. And come Do not back listen, and listen to if you haven't seen it. We've said that. I know, but just now, can reminder. we talk about the show? Yeah. Okay. Remind. Yeah. For full reminder. Oh, full spoilers. Okay. Lots of mud. Okay. All right. Uh, hopefully we're not going. Kathy's just walked ahead now. Okay. You're gonna. Are you gonna wait for me? Yeah. Or just gonna talk about this by myself? Okay. <laughs> no, it's too. I just didn't want to step in the mud. All right. Okay. 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 Here we go. Right. We're gonna start with Connor. Yeah, we're starting with the, the easy one. He's the. Well, he's kind of the least connected in yeah. many ways. In many ways, he is the the outsider, Roy. Um, Comic relief. He is, but there are a lot of comic relief characters in this. Um, like Greg's essentially a comic relief character, but, yeah, but they, Connor the, has no non-comic relief moments. He does. He has moments of of humanity in this. Um, <laughs> he doesn't. He does. The, the 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 heartbreaking realization of his financial ruin. Yeah, but his financial ruin by his own ill-gotten oh, gains. Oh, uh, hang on. I'm not. I'm not saying he, <laughs> also, he, he's not completely finan- to blame for his own financial ruin. It's still a human fi- moment. Define financial ruin. Uh, he if you've got a dad who you can ask he for said he sunk, sunk millions he said he's, at one point he says he's sinking 50 million a week into this 
into this play what's the thing he was like using human actual human bones or flesh or something <laughs> mental um, um, I just don't think you can be defined as in financial ruin if you're you end a season on like the Italian you know in a yacht in Italy asking your dad to lend you whatever 500 mil <laughs> oh, I don't classify that as financial ruin yeah but nothing comes without a price tag um <laughs> Like basically, and this is classic. In that instance, this classic Logan Roy making um, negotiating with his own children because he told Connor he has to cease his embarrassing yeah, political campaign. I would so too. Again, if I had that kind of power to wield again, over my his, son. It's his father getting leverage. It's it's, and that's what's so good about this. The family is a business dynamic, as in it's a family business but he runs his family like a business yeah. and it's all power plays and negotiations but I'm sorry if Con was your like if Con was my son like it's like when I'm trying to brush Oscar's teeth and I'm like look you can watch in the night garden if you let me brush your teeth if I was Connor's dad and I had that much money I'd be like I'll give you money if you stop this embarrassing like this <laughs> get, humiliating 500 thing. mil yeah. to stop uh, your, your so let's go back to the beginning of, how the does the season even start does it start for with Connor, him pitching for president for Connor yeah rough I mean roughly look we're going to skip over some details here but that the first sort of big moment for, for Connor is that uh, sort of Instagram announcement that he's beta testing I ranch I ride I earn and I give just like you but ding dong who's there Uncle Sam and where's his hand in my pants hey is there anyone in my house hey uh have you seen this yeah he said he's beta testing it before he instagrams and enters the ideas primary maybe he's a genius that's one word for it a genius rancher all i want is a fair flat tax safe for all americans but headed down to zero within a decade or so what am i gonna do well i'll tell you i ain't paying oh my god and if you want to arrest me go ahead no, really, just go ahead and try. Quick question. Do you think he even knows what a jail is? Um, which is essentially he's running on uh, scrapping taxes. He, t- he says that uh, in, in a few years into his, into his presidency, we will reach zero tax level. So funny. <laughs> and he, I, I just and love, I love how he presents that. It's him uh, leaned back, holding a beer in his kitchen, you know, he, he presents himself as an everyman, which is, it, and it's, it's the kind of sort of billionaire delusion that you see from Donald Trump and others. Uh, well, like Connor lives, lives in a five-star hotel. Like he actually lives in a hotel suite. Is that where he lives? Yeah, that's when no, they that's have their housewarming. No, no, when Connor and his Willow have their housewarming. He lives on a he lives on a farm. No, he no, has... but in season two they have a housewarming in a hotel, and they're like, "We live here now." Oh, that's right. That's their okay. housewarming party. I missed that. <laughs> um, so that's the sort of the main. And don't you remember? He's like, "I'm I'm doing this for the common people," and he screams out, and one of his siblings says, "Don't you think it's ironic that you're screaming that from the top floor of a hotel penthouse?" <laughs> no, I don't even remember that. <laughs> yeah. um, and that's kind of so his his political journey. We don't get a whole lot of this in terms of movement I feel like they're saving the, the meat of this for a later season there's a lot of leaves rustling I mean I think it's going to get dark and he's going to become president Like he's like a Boris Johnson it, oh, that almost Trump. seems too obvious though but yeah who knows um, but what we do what we do get is you do get the moment where he goes to Moe's Uncle Moe's funeral um, and Willa actually she, she is the, the smarter brains, of the two yeah, clearly the smarter of the two <laughs> who suggests that perhaps he should not be associating with these types of people. Quite prescient. Um, and then you get one of the finer comedic moments of the whole series 
when he needs where he's committed to go up and give a eulogy to Uncle Mo but wants to distance himself from Uncle Mo and in the genius speech essentially says Uncle Mo was a person he lived and I think Willa even wrote that for him correct? Yeah, I think Willow wrote the whole speech, yeah. like, because so, he was about to go up and like be, oh, Mo's amazing. And Willow's an interesting character, sort of very side character, but she's clearly her skills are are uh, more in the political writing, speech writing rather than playwriting. <laughs> it seems. I want to see her play. The, I think there should be a bonus episode that's just the play because <laughs> I want to know what's going down. But There's, I really enjoy her because I think you know she's being obviously she she can stand Connor. But she's like definitely getting what she wants off him, and she's like rightfully manipulating him because he's so stupid and rich, you may as well. Yeah. So yeah, I quite enjoy what she's doing. I do like. Uh, I mean, Alan Rock. Wait, there's is, people ahead of us who are just screaming. That's they're in a. a what are those? Oh, they're What's like the name of that boat? It's a rowboat. Yeah. That thing that rich English um, people do. That's it. How appropriate. <laughs> um, Alan Rock is so good in this role and some of the lines they give him are just so wonderful is he the guy from Ferris Bueller's Day Off is that what we know yes, him from yes he is yes. Right. Um, I was trying to think why I knew Spin him. City and other things Speed he was one he's of the people so on the bus he's so good in this um, I love how when he's at the play he's like the, just the, his slow dawning realisation of how this play is ruining him and <laughs> the, the way he describes when they're at the, uh, the opening night and he's introducing Kendall to one of the actors and he says oh this is one of the best actors he's real good at pretending to be other people it's <laughs> <laughs> so like belittling um, I think that's kind, kind of the main thing I mean the only, we, there's only one scene in the whole series where you feel like Con's in on the joke why are you calling him Con is that what they call I thought it was Connor yeah but they call him Con Do they? Okay, and what well. are his um, his followers are called Oh my god, the con heads. The con heads, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he becomes a meme from the uh, the congressional he hearing. He a meme, but like with Hitler, and he thinks that's a good thing. Oh, um, there's so, a lot. No, there's, there's a lot of Nazi analogies yeah, throughout this. Season. A, but there's a, the, this really good scene, and it's part of Greg's plot later. But um, oh my god, these rowers, I cannot cope with them. It doesn't Why matter. do they scream Come like on. that? Because um, you have to, you, you have to be at the top of the boat screaming to motivate people, isn't no, that how it works? The, the, the Just main, like business. The main people screaming are the people who are cycling along this muddy uh, river path. Yes, they're not part of the boat. I don't know why <laughs> they did that. Um, anyway, the scene there's a scene when Greg like denounces his inheritance, and Con and um, Tom start taking the piss together oh, yeah. out of Greg because he said he's you're still going to be get, the richest poor man he's still going to get what, what five mil or something they're like it? five million is pathetic <laughs> yeah, yeah. and you're going to be the richest poor man in America it's like being the tallest dwarf it's shit <laughs> and I was like oh Con's being funny in this scene and that's kind of the one and only time we see that because they're all very funny and very quick witted and like it makes sense that Con could be like that as well he's just usually too wrapped up in himself well what's interesting kind of join in any joke is, is he the character with the least amount of self-awareness <laughs> I mean the best part so. of Con which I don't think we've mentioned is at the, kind of in the last episode when they're all on this boat together and there's this like brilliant lunch where they're all trying to say who should go into the bus Con is the only person who volunteers himself and he says um, oh okay I know what we can do you can say that I've been a, a malign presence working <laughs> yeah. in the background all these years which if you notice is what Kendall quotes later Kendall says my father was a malign oh presence that always lurked in the background. That's cr- that's brilliant. So, but the fact that I Connor offered that. himself up and everyone just went, eh! <laughs> like you're the only person here who no one would buy. Like, and Con's just like <laughs> deflated. Like, and I just thought that was so good. You can't even throw yourself under the bus for your family because no one cares enough, and you're so in- yeah. incredible. But also, it's an act of on, on face value. It appears like a um, 
a selfless, virtuous act of loyalty, but oh, it, no, but he's it's doing not. It he's doing it because he's <laughs> he needs that, he needs that money, <laughs> and he's willing to do prison time for that five hundred mil. Um, I mean, I do prison time for five hundred mil. Let's let, get real. Let's move on, or we'll never get through this. this yeah, Con was our shortest very long paragraph. family, but uh, just wonderful, wonderful stuff. Um, how about we move on to cousin Greg? Yes, awesome, Greg the egg slash Greg's it. You can't make a tomlet <laughs> without breaking some Greg. So good. There were so many memes. I, I forgot to say the other thing I did every Monday after watching Succession was then waste an hour of my life on Twitter because the memes and the tweets about Succession were so good. Oh. And it was that like shared viewing moment again of a weekly show. Now I know we're like a bit behind the states, but it was that thing with Game of Thrones as well that like it's just so fun to be part of that. Let's let's talk about Greg and Tom. Um, in in succession because the they best. are they are such a, a wonderful comedy duo but but with the sort of the, but as with all of this show the co- even the comedic characters are are sort of tinged with um humanity and 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 pathos um I mean, Tom, particularly Tom so he, good. Matthew McFadden is it McFadden 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 I'm not McFadden. I'm not sure it, like there Brian is a McFadden. there is a y in there oh um he he skirts that line so well. He's just, um, it's the actor is so good. Like I think in another actor's hands, it, you may feel too sympathetic or not sympathetic enough. But he gets you right on the line. I mean, obviously the writing's incredible as well. But but, but across so the board, like there's not a weak actor that shows up in this no. show. Like the casting choices, married with the writing. And there's never a bad scene. Like there's never even one scene in an episode where you go, ah, they could have done without that one. No, or a scene where you're like. I don't believe this yeah. or I don't believe that that character would do that like this is a, a marriage of acting and, and writing that you it's, it's rare to find and I feel like it's only going to strengthen as this show continues oh my continues. god like season 3 is going to be the peak I promise you season 3 will peak and then it will tail off no don't say that <laughs> it's my prediction. okay anyway let's let's carry on with Greg so Greg well, Greg, Greg and Tom um, at the beginning of um, of the season Tom gets a promotion and becomes the head of ATN. Which is hilarious. And brings Greg with him. And I love... Greg's his executive assistant. I hadn't quite realised that until the end when they said it at the hearing. I was like, what is Greg's job? I don't Greg know. Greg is essentially uh, his, his lapdog. Yeah. Slash best friend, um, according to Tom, when, well, when Greg tries to break up with did him. Did you notice, though, because none of them have friends outside of the family, right? Mm. And Greg's come in as, like, a relative newbie. Greg also serves that purpose with Kendall as well. Lesser than Tom, but like at one point, you know, Kendall like gives him his apartment and then makes him have a party he can go to. Like Greg, because they don't really get to interact with so-called normal people. Greg's about as close as they get to it, and yet hilariously, we realise halfway through the season that Greg's set to inherit hundreds of thousands of dollars, or at least Millions. five. Sorry, hundreds of millions, or at least five million. And because Greg's always been the so-called normal one to us as well. It's like, oh wait, no, he's only normal to them, to us. <laughs> yeah. He's unfathomably rich. <laughs> so it's interesting that he's like, Tom thinks he's really cool, like when he's with Greg, but like, is the scene where they go out to dinner and eat all that food? Was that in this season? That's season one. Oh, that's so good. Um, so they start at ATN, and um, Greg, what I enjoy about Greg as a character is his, he's sort of growing. Uh, a, pair, a pair of balls, for want of a better expression. That's a terrible sexist phrase. It really is. Okay, well, w- w- give me a better, give me a better way of saying that. Then you just the... say he's like getting more self confidence. But it's not just self confidence; he's gaining 
the wrong kind of self-confidence and he's learning the the worst kind of lessons from these people he's surrounded I don't think so because Greg comes good in the end does he though he's employing the same tactics um, just with the, with a side that we're rooting for like basically it's blackmail he's just switched sides like Greg in that moment where Greg blackmail like breaks up with Tom <laughs> which is one of the better better scenes in this season and then blackmails him in a wonderful like bit where Tom is both uh, horrified and proud yeah. of Greg <laughs> for uh, for retaining some evidence no, to blackmail No, I think Greg him. is definitely becoming more comfortable operating in this world where he was not in season one. Yeah. And he's clearly got some cutthroat tendencies, right? Like, he's not quite the innocent little lamb, we thought. So I think, yeah, that's all fine, but I don't like the phrase growing balls. And he's smart. Oh, fine. Look, I, look, I apologise for <laughs> using you. an archaic term. Like, I'm a... <laughs> Whatever, I grew up in the dinosaur world like the rest of us, alright? I'm trying to change. Um, well, what, what, else, what else about Greg? Because that scene is particularly interesting with Greg and Tom in the, um, the safe room episode when, when they're, not, they're not in the real safe room, which oh, I particularly enjoy. so good, and Tom's just like willing for everyone to die ahead of him. Yeah, Brilliant. He's pushing people out of the way. <laughs> Executive coming through. Um, but when Greg quote-unquote breaks up with Tom in that scene he uses the the words I want us to have an open business relationship yeah, that's brilliant. which is both hilarious but also really tragic because that's what pushes Tom over the edge because it's it's uh, parallels with the, what he's going with through Shiv, with Shiv yeah um so it's we, like this double burn his best friend and his wife both want to cheat on him but that's what's so good about this show they're, they're at no stage until the last episode of this season does it say on paper that Tom or does he speak the words that, that he is not comfortable with the relationship with Shiv and the um, the open marriage that she suggested and we don't hear those words till the very end but Matthew McFadden expresses that through his eyes at every possible juncture uh, <laughs> like when and she moment should, anyway Shiv. we need to stay on and with it Greg comes out, it on, Dave, we're it, staying on Greg okay fine um you're the one who said we should go character by no, no, character. No, no, I said Greg and Tom are like so joined at the hip. It's yeah, but let's talk about Greg's to... performance at the trial. Okay, that was amazing. Let's just uh, let's just drop that clip in here right now because that's that's worth listening to again. Senator Evis, it's your time. Gregory Hirsch, executive assistant to Tom Wamsgans, correct? Yes. <clears throat> yes, if, if it is to be said. I'm sorry. Uh, if it is to be said. So it be. So it is. Are you all right? Uh, yes. Uh, I merely wish to answer in the affirmative fashion. You can speak to us normally. Okay. No. Thank you, sir. Uh, uh, so I shall. Okay. So Greg, Greg, Greg at the trial is. I mean, look, really, it's just played for comedy. We don't get much more of that. No, I wanted to watch his whole thing, and they cut away, and I was like, no, go back to it. Like, so good. Um, and he's just but ultimately he's no, but I like that Greg like that I love with uh, Greg that like Tom was getting him to destroy stuff in season one but that he didn't destroy it and then even in season two he didn't destroy it fully either like he's he's like the he, like they play him as a bit dumb but like he's certainly smart enough to know that he needs around these kind of people needs to keep some leverage and I yeah. think he's also very uncomfortable with what actually happened on the cruises as well and I think Always has been, and that's what's yeah. interesting about Greg. And he's uncomfortable. Like he knows that's wrong. But he's uncomfortable ethically working for ATN. So he's a bit like he's a bit like Shiv in that he's he's the one who expresses 
Yeah, like, more he's less like, I don't like this news. He's like, I don't like sensibilities. the news. Yeah. yeah. However, with Shiv, I all I never feel like she actually means any of it. Do you know what I mean? I feel like it's just it's a suits her to be the opposite to her father or it's a state of rebellion. Like with Shiv, I never actually buy her politics. It feels like a mask she's, she's donning. It's like that privilege. Yeah, I'm left wing, but it suits me because I'm really privileged. Like, you know, she's not re- like, I, if she's centre left, she's not like, a, you know. Yes, but I rarely, I rarely get a sense of um, like humanity sure. from, from Shiv. It, it's there. But with Greg, it feels like He's someone well, he's who is young as genuine, well, like, yeah, he, yeah, he's genuinely uncomfortable with with ATN, and that's what finally erupts in him in him breaking up with Tom. But, but he's let, still very happy to take their money and work for them. So. Let's talk about like. well, that is is no more obvious than when he gets the choice from his grandfather of leaving um, Logan and getting his inheritance or staying with that family, and it's the kind of frustrating. Mo- TV moment where you're just like, screaming at the screen yeah. no Greg it's because he's been sucked into the Roy Greg. Vortex like they're very seductive like personally I'd like to spend time with them like I what? think like as in I'd love to be in a room listening to them all speaking and like yeah, they're no, 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 very but we are we are in a room listening to them and all we speaking love it. I'd rather be on the other side of the TV I, I would hate to spend a minute with these no, people no but I'm just saying that like Greg's been seduced by the lifestyle they throw him enough bones like he is part of their inner circle now and the granddad's only offering money when he dies well okay but right now they're offering Greg influence friendship Greg is actually doing a lot of coke in this series as well which yes, we see every now and which then which he was um, reluctant to do yeah. in the first season so, so it's again is like enjoying the lifestyle and like the apartment Kendall gave him is like incredible do you know what I mean Greg is Greg, he's, Greg he's is Walter it. White at the beginning of Breaking Bad <laughs> and he's slowly becoming Heisenberg well his hair is getting shorter and um, when Greg the, actually got his hair cut and was like wearing a suit towards the end of the series I was like Oh, suddenly Greg looks like an attractive man. Before that, he looks like this kind of odd man-child. Like, they did a good makeover on him. It was subtle, but it was quite noticeable. I thought his physical appearance by the end, he looked quite suave and handsome. Well, that you know, and then that ties in with his, you know, internal transformation. He's becoming more presentable and businesslike. Because on the outside, the the Roys appear externally to be... Uh, good looking and rich and successful they're probably quite like aspirational to many people but inside they are just a horrible terrifying mess I mean it all comes across in in that um, in that whole episode which was just epic where they went to the home of the woman who they were trying to sell the company to Um, the Pierce or sorry who they were trying to buy the company off the Pierce family and their whole facade how fast it unravels like they cannot function for 48 hours as a presentable family unit yeah. like that should be a really easy job like. <laughs> um, and that was just fascinating to watch every part of it unfold was incredible um, back, back, sorry back to Greg for a minute because you made an interesting point there about him being seduced by the lifestyle but and seduced by Roy like Logan Roy like says to him in the bathroom you know stick with me I'm your fun uncle or whatever and to have Logan Roy even be bothered to say that to you is probably yeah that's true hugely seductive even though we know Logan so well now you could just see him switching on his charm for a second that doesn't give a shit about Greg yeah but you you say that right and you say but, but Greg is actually invited to everything and I know it's a plot device to get the actor in because he's great that doesn't mean he's important to Logan no no I'm not saying he's important to Logan but he's been deemed part of the inner circle which no one else has been let into other than Rhea so it is a place of privilege and clearly Greg's enjoying it true like he gets invited to every everything but here, here's the thing about him being seduced by their lifestyle 
by the in the final episode there are a few moments with Greg where um, he's walking up to the yacht with Tom and Tom kind of says how about that yacht right and he kind of just goes yeah um, then later in the episode Greg is sipping rosé and says it's not my favourite no he's sipping champagne champagne or whatever it's like it's not my favourite like he the, the lifestyle that you're saying he's been seduced by means no, nothing to him I'm not this saying seduced I'm not saying he's been seduced by the lifestyle's part of it I think he's been seduced by the family and being part of their inner sanctum no 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 but no you're right he has been seduced by that lifestyle that comes with the family yeah. and we saw that in season one he was going to these crazy parties yeah. and, and was impressed and awed by all of it and in season two He's not. But he's, I also he's become, thought he's numb to it, just like rich people. Well, yeah, but I also yeah, agree, and the family agree. like none of that impresses them. But also, what I thought though was interesting is that in the last episode, I also thought that like Greg was really grappling with the cruise stuff. And sorry, but if you're on a boat with a family who you know covered up murders of people on a cruise, you're probably not going to be really up for like a boat party. <laughs> and I read it yeah. as like as him also just being like quite depressed by the whole thing like it's not so much that of course he's like yes it's a beautiful yacht like it's an obscene yacht but like I think he was just kind of depressed as well and it's so funny I thought like they all they spent all this money right to be flown out to Italy to go on this yacht they may as well have been like on a yacht down like the Hudson River in New York like they don't care where they are they don't do anything in Italy they're just no. on this yacht. Like, but but that's, so what I, that's what I'm saying. The opulence is just background to yeah. them. It's wallpaper. It doesn't matter to them. All that matters is power plays and dynamics and and basically just getting the respect of Logan. Oh, their yeah, father. that's all they care about. That's all they, they care about. daddy's number one boy. Yeah. And, um, and but he's, it's funny because when, when we lived in Australia, I used to work on a food channel uh, programming it and I loved it. And I used to, because all the chefs and whatever on the channel used to like court us because they wanted to keep making programs for the channel so they bring us to these amazing restaurants or like cook for us and the first couple of times it happened I was like oh my god like freaking out and I have to say a couple of years in I would be brought to these amazing restaurants and like in these private dining rooms and the chef would be like hand delivering the food and I was like yeah that's really nice (laughs) you were like where's my accoutrement I was like like I was impressed, but like, and this is a very teeny example, but it does wear off if you go to enough fancy restaurants. And I didn't even go to a huge amount. It was probably 10 of them over the space of a couple of years. But it was enough that like, the difference in my reaction to the first one versus the last one was quite huge. Cathy's like, I asked for this ostrich steak medium rare. (laughs) Um, Um, Yeah, so anyway, I think, yeah, I think there was two things going on there with Greg. I think he was grappling with his conscience and also, of course, has gotten very used to the opulence. Well, let, let's one final thing to chat about on Greg. Um, how, what do you think about him um, using his evidence to back up Kendall in that final scene? Now, we don't we don't get any insight into the steps that led to that moment. But what what do you think? Like he's that's a huge move. He's Backing Kendall, backing Kendall yeah. instead of Logan. Um, I think there's a, I think there's a couple of things going on. I think he says like what your dad did was really shitty, and he really believes that like what the dad did to, is doing to Kendall is shitty. Um, and yeah. I also think we've seen Greg is making power moves, and like he said to Tom when he blackmailed him, he said like give me a better office, give me a better title. He will have agreed like in the next season if if Kendall's yeah. like CEO, I guarantee you Greg's like COO or whatever. Some like 
Oh, you reckon he'll get COO? He'll have got... Greg's gone for something big here. Like, he's given Kendall actual physical evidence of the dad signing off on stuff in the cruises. Yeah. Greg would not have done that without asking for a lot. I feel like Greg is unprepared for this shitstorm that's coming his way, though, from Logan Roy in season three. What do you think? I mean, he's, he's not, he, he has, won't be able to cope with it. He but has he's not experienced here. the full brunt of what that man can achieve. Yeah, but you forget, look, Greg did grow up with that granddad who's pretty hardcore as well. We just haven't seen much of it. Yeah. Like that scene, that I loved scenes in Scotland between um, like Logan and his brother. Like the brother's hardcore. The brother is, is wonderful. Yeah, and Greg grew, Greg grew up with that. So like Greg's more resilient than I think we think because he's been played for laughs a yeah. lot. Your, en- your, your, your empire of shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so good. All right, well, let's leave it there. Let's talk about. Run out of river path. Let's talk about Tom. Okay, Tom. Hey, hey, Tom, Tom. We're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. This doesn't feel fucking good, Greg. Let's just can we? I will not let you do this to me. I will not let go of what is mine. What, 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 what am I doing? Ow! Stop pumping! I'm stop! 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 Security! Uh, uh, guys, no, you back off! You back off! This is executive level business! Okay? No! Tom, okay, so becomes the head of ATN, which is interesting because Tom is also somebody who is clearly uncomfortable with ATN and they its politics are, but they all are but they also don't care like he instantly um, they're all like if you were to ask any of them at a dinner party probably would all excluding Logan all the kids would probably set uh, maybe con self-identify as like left-leaning and believe in real journalism right I'm sure they'd all think that of themselves of course that they don't live that much at all they, they, no they certainly don't present as uh, far-right conservatives but but they're very happy but to they push kind that of are, agenda. But they are. They're, yeah, they're capitalists they're through and through. Um, but what's interesting about Tom in that, um, in one of those very early scenes with the um, the sort of uh, the managing director of um, ATN, whose, whose name I forget. You know, oh, yeah, he, she's he, great. She's, she's very good. She's like, uh, you know, I've... I've had, Logan sends me one of you every few years and I chew them up or whatever you know she's the she's the consistent one he says something to her along the lines of he's like not this time bitch like you know, it's something like I mean you know who your audience is you know he 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 Tom knows that they are Fox News stirring up trouble and, oh, and he's so dismissive about the audience etc he but he doesn't care and that's what's interesting about Tom he's as willing to um Make the make the the pact with Satan as as any of them. He's only in it for power and success and climbing. And we don't really, you rarely see a struggle with uh, Tom's sort of whatever m- amount of ethical beliefs Tom holds, and compared to what he's doing. Well, Tom thinks he should be CEO of um, of the whole corporation. What's it called again? Something core. Way, way star Wait, Roy Corr or something. I don't know what it's called, Roy, but Tom thinks he should be CEO of the whole thing, so Tom is like very Tom, Tom delusional. Is, Tom is delusional yeah. if he thinks he has what it takes to get there. But also but if he thinks so, he'd get it above any of the other contenders. But that's what's so good about Tom, is that like he is selling his soul actively. I wish we knew more of how him and like I wish we knew how him and him and Shiv met. Uh, sorry, we're going through a huge puddle here. This is oh my god, okay. I got a skirt around the edge, we can't talk for a second. And we're back. Okay. Um, 
that would be interesting. I'd, I'd, I'd almost love like a prequel episode. Like, did of they them. Meet, Was he already working for the Roy's when they met? Like, that's the bit I can't decide because he's very senior in the company even before this and also, promotion. And like, also he it, was head of cruises. It feels like whatever love they had for each other or the initial attraction has worn off or been eroded over a long period of time. Like, it's hard to see why they're together. And by the end of the season, you know that cul- that culminates in that that, that erosion in that heartbreaking scene with him and her on the beach after she has like literally stabbed him in the back in front of everybody but I think Tom she's makes so sense. used to, she, she's so used to operating like that with her brothers that she like she said to him afterwards oh I was just saying that because I had to look like I was willing to throw you under I like know. she's so like there's a scene in this where um, but that's why she where is Roman tries to say like you know like he nearly died and he says to his siblings like can we actually talk about our feelings now and then they're like oh can we talk about our feelings now <laughs> yeah, yeah. and like that's what Shove's yeah. grown up with so she she until she's confronted when he says on the beach I'm so unhappy with you. I just can't figure out if I'd be more unhappy without you. Oh, what a wonderful so good. bit and, of writing. And she's so devastated. Like, she's crying. And she's, like, even holding that in because she can't actually, like, discuss. She's incapable of discussing. She's like, but you know I love you. Like, that's all she can say. And he's like, you waited until our wedding night to ask for an open relationship. I mean, that was so awful. Like, I mean, at least tell him before you get married, like, that that's what you want. <laughs> and she's trying to organise a threesome. And he's just, like, does not want one in any way. And when she's, like, telling him that she's, like, shagged this this actor guy, and, he, and he's just so devastated. Like, it's just so not what he wants. And I think she never really sees Tom as, like, human almost until that moment like she's so used to just treating everyone like that and then she goes to her dad and she does say like yeah. it can't be Tom it's the final act of it's the, probably the only act of redemption and a final one for Shiv yeah this, but she's saying make it Kendall season. I know that's the thing but she, but she was also willing to sacrifice Kendall anyway she yeah. was in the blood packed conversations yeah. with her dad or the blood sacrifice from the previous episode but she does yeah she does choose she chooses between Tom and Kendall yeah, and like, ultimately does choose Tom I think in her own Tom. really fucked up way she does love Tom it's just yeah, so fucked up I think so too and and like what's so good we, skipping ahead a bit we skipped ahead a bit but one of my favourite scenes with Tom is like very early on in the season when Shiv says like it's me dad's picking me he's like but what about me where does this leave yeah, me like, they had their he, plan like he thought it was the two of them putting rising him to the top which is just such an unrealistic dream even from the beginning but, but he was bought view, into though, it he's like I was head of cruises now I'm head of AATN like yeah. from his point of view like he is on that trajectory but yeah you're right Tom Tom is like Connor in many ways in that he doesn't have this sufficient amount of self-awareness to realise a, he's not good enough for it, and B, he's never going to be given it. Yeah, he's never going to. I think like he, he probably is good enough for it. We've not seen much demonstrated by him, but he's certainly never going to be given to it. I don't think he is. We certainly don't see the ability that we see demonstrated by from Kendall and I mean, Shiv yeah. in particular, and um, and Roman to a certain extent. I mean, he certainly comes he good by the They're end. They're so manipulative. Like nobody can become that manipulative. Unless they, I just think like it's impossible to become as manipulative any uh, as the Roy children or Logan. Yeah, true. Um, and, and you're right. He is the of the family that we're talking about. He is the outsider, the yeah. actual outsider who's trying to buy in, but can't. And that's why Matthew McFadden plays it so well because he is horrible and cutthroat frequently. Yeah. But it almost feels like he's, you know, 
it's not natural to him. It's something he's had to learn and develop. Like, yeah, it's adapted Underneath behavior. it all, and this is how he presents it so well, he's just a puppy dog. He's, uh, he's just... You, he just wants you pit, to love you him. You pity him and you warm to him. He just He's a heartbroken, sad man. And what about his performance at the, um, the court case? That was amazing. Oh, oh my God. He's, that was my I've favorite never, scene. I mean, it's one of the most uncomfortable... To watch someone squirm under that amount of pressure, and, and he's like, "But they no asked me the questions I had to answer, and all the Roy, ki- ki- all the Roy kids go, just don't answer." And it's like yeah. that's been drilled into them their whole life. Whereas he thinks, "No, I'm in front of like the Supreme Court or whatever it is. Of course, I have to answer." And that's where like he doesn't have that lifetime of media training. Basically, they've been given. Yes, you're right. It doesn't come naturally to him. And in, the, in, in, <laughs> so in those funny. final moments before he goes in. He's nervous and he asks the um, the PR guy, the Cruz's PR guy, for another refresh. You know, not, let's run through it all again. He's not... He isn't prepared. No. He just can't be. Not when you see, like, Kendall going in oh, there Kendall's and it just rolls off his tongue. Yeah. Um, one other earlier thing I'd like to talk about. It's kind of a Logan moment, but the... Um, Tom... 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 You know, you're talking about Tom's ability, but... He doesn't work in that in that family, family dynamic. He and he doesn't work with Logan because in that early scene with Boar on the floor, oh my when God, Logan is about Boar on the yeah, floor. when Logan's horrible. Logan's asking them all, "Do you think this is a good deal?" That was very. And he just mindlessly. He he just he's a yes man with Logan. He doesn't present opinions. And but he, who could and not he get, be like? I would polished. say yes to anything Logan says because he's so scary. Yeah, but then you'd be bored on the floor. This is this is what happens. And that 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 scene. Let's let's drop a little bit of that scene in here right now because that's worth a refresh. Which one of you boars did it? Tom. Yes. Sit on the floor. It's fun. Seriously. Yeah, it's a game. Bore on the floor. I really. I feel. Get down. Bore on the floor. Bore on the floor. Kendall, ring the troops. Bore on the floor. Bore on the floor. Cow, get down. Greg, on the floor, Bore. Bore on the floor. Come on, Frank. Bore on the floor. Frank. Why am I in this? How the fuck would I know, Greg? You think I have a wrestling explanation for this? Frank. Bore on the floor. Feed the piggies, guest of honor. Bore on the floor. That's it. Bore on the floor. Oink for your sausages, Piggy. Oink, oink. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oink for your sausages, Tom. Oink, oink. oink. No, no. No half-hearted oink. I want two hearted oink. Oink, 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 oink. It's honestly one of the most grueling bits of television. Yeah, I really didn't enjoy that, actually. No, it's, yeah. un- it's uncomfortable and... And disgusting, and just it's it's a car crash. You can't look away. But he absorbs it, that behavior because then later on in the season, he, he brings Greg into his office, and he's got his feet on someone's back. Exactly, it's the next episode. Yeah, he and it, it, so it's, Tom is horrible. It's as well. another, like let's not like as much as we enjoy watching him and we love the actor and we enjoy the character. Like he is horrible. No, no, but this is back to my earlier point. It's as Tom is learning this behavior, much like Greg, and it's not. It's doesn't Tom's come. It, it doesn't come quickly. naturally to him. See, it's it something he's putting. Na- well, it comes yeah. very naturally if by the next episode you've got your feet on somebody's back. Okay? <laughs> yeah, no, 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 it's no, no. Not, he's not know, Snow White, like I know. And I love in the court hearing when they're like, "Have you ever used a staff member as furniture?" And he's like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> "I love how they brought that back." But it, you're so right. He's it like, is. Let's, like, let's not. Okay, in the context of the Roy family. We love Tom. 
in the context of what he's like to anyone else in the show, he is absolutely vile and disgusting. Yeah, but and 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 <laughs> okay, that let's was, not, for, and let's that not was lose sight of that. Presented from the very first episode in season one, where you realise that duality to Tom when cousin Greg, who shows up as the as the actual outsider in that episode, <laughs> Tom just flips on him he's nothing but nice in front of everyone and then literally just flips on him and we see sort of Tom's other side because he needs to he's just happy that he's not at the bottom of the pecking order now yeah and and he just wants he is so used to being Logan's shit heel he's Logan's shit heel I've never heard that expression oh, whatever you know he's he's Logan's lapdog he's just Logan is, is shits all over him and he's doing the same to Greg and anyone else he can because can we that's quickly talk behavior. about when he um, picks up the, the he goes to Shiv and the fine left side on the, on the boat he says I'm going to talk to your dad and he sits down and you're like yes this is the moment he's going to really tell Logan <laughs> off and then he just takes a chicken drumstick <laughs> off Logan's plate eats it and puts it back again and Logan's just sitting there and then Tom just gets up and walk away and it's so good I like, thought it was wonderful put that like in the writer's room like but it's part of that like that's amazing writing in, but it's so perfect it's so perfectly Tom because it's the only act of defiance we've ever seen him do <laughs> against Logan but he and was unable so but he's also so unable to he was unable in those moments to put words together because he, he just can't do it in the same way he he wasn't able to defend himself in, in, in the hearing appropriately and so it just comes out as this sort of desperate panicked and then Logan's like what next he's going to put his dick in my pie or whatever anyway one final thing um, we keep saying one thing there's so much to say on Tom so much but the um, my, one of my favourite um, segments and this was pretty much just comedy was Tom and Greg at the uh, corporate retreat when he's having to present ATN's new new tagline oh my god yes and I forgot the- <laughs> about that so much happened I forgot about everything we here for you <laughs> <laughs> just that whole thing I mean that's why this show is, is so good you could if you'd stripped this show of all the comedy, it would still be one of the most horrifying, fascinating <laughs> family dramas. Just, I wouldn't. If, if you stripped it of the comedy, I wouldn't enjoy it because there was elements of season one before it really got going, like the pilot in particular, where it was too dark for me and I thought it was too nasty. Yeah. So the comedy for me is what makes it so perfect because you need those moments You're right. or it's, it's unwatchable. It balances it so well. Yeah. But it's also just incredibly sharp satirical writing well isn't it by one of the writers of The Thick of It or Veep or something it's uh, Jeremy Armstrong he yes he wrote he wrote most of The Thick of It he wrote some of Veep and yeah, he's the creator he's the creator of Peep Show yeah you can tell there's a, there's a comedy person behind it because it it hits all the right notes that a comedy should hit it just also has all the amazing right. epic drama and actually The Thick of It is a, is a very uh, good sort of cousin to this because it uh, applies that same level of sharpness and nastiness and it's nastiness. fast talking and fast like talking. And blinking it, you insults. miss it uh, and like there's so many layers to every scene as well that like I'll be talking about it with people in work the next day and we're all we've all noticed different things the other ones haven't noticed like I think wonderful. you could go back at it, watch it again and see a lot of different things um, let's alright let's move on from, from Tom we'll never get this done um, next up is Roman wait is that why you're here? Mm-mm. no I don't know maybe I don't know no. Jesus Christ. Roman, this is unacceptable. This is completely inappropriate. Yeah? What would your family say if they knew you were here? Oh, what would my family, Jimmy, fuck corn, I don't care. Yeah, but you do care. No. Yeah, I know you do. And they would be ashamed of you. And rightly so. OK. 
Okay, I'm very sorry, Jerry. No, you don't get to speak. You have always been a disappointment, but this is just... You have gone beyond the pale. I have? Oh, yeah. You know what you are? What am I? You are a sick fuck. You are a sick fucking animal. Yeah? Yeah, don't look at me. Get in that bathroom. Now. Go on. Roman has definitely become a character that I enjoy more in season two. He was too much for me in season one. Like, as I said, the pilot was quite dark and, like, the first real introduction to Roman we have is him, like... I can't quite remember what it was, but he offers a poor kid loads of money and then burns the check in front of him. Like, he does something really awful. Yeah. And um, they've warmed... They warm him up by the end of season one because we learn that, like, basically as a kid, wasn't he, like... Locked in a cage and like uh, they, uh, abused uh, by the uh, family. Told, told he was a dog. Yeah, like it's really um, dark. The you stuff you that get, to him. you only ever get glimpses of it, which is another reason this show is so good. It shows immense restraint um, yeah, at providing you information. Give it gives you little uh, teasers of their backstory, whereas I think a, uh, a weaker show would give you um, an entire episode with the backstory of the Roys and show them as children. And actually, by revealing too much, you diminish everything. Whereas by giving these little um, glimpses into what makes them who they are, such as in season one, Logan in a swimming pool, and we see scars upon scars on his back, and it's never mentioned again. Yeah, and it's implied he was abused as a child. And there's a scene in this series, I can't remember, maybe midway through when they're all in a room and the dad's in a rage and he just turns around and hits Roman in the face. Yes, And okay. that is basically... And, and immediately, as much as none of them are ever on their side, Shiv and Kendall freak out and the whole room erupts and you're like, oh, this is the dynamic they experienced as children. Yes, Because exactly. it was so visceral and, and they leaped to defend their little brother because as it, I'm imagining that for whatever reason... I'm sure they were all treated to lots of at least verbal abuse by their dad as children but for whatever reason it appears Roman was like a physical punching bag and was actually physically abused by being locked up and stuff so it's like that moment and then later on the dad kind of they're in a, in a limo and the dad's like eh, he doesn't even say sorry he just goes are we okay and Roman's like yeah sure my hand like, slipped but that's there, but, like the extent of the, the apology and he hit his son in the face like. but, but that is literally a, a an be. example of that's a domestic abuse of a uh, family situation that's a, oh, there's a, a classic the dad's abusive like there's no way about it but it's he's like he's verbally abusive but I'm imagining was very physically abusive as, as children yeah, but, but also then that is the dynamic of a, a physically and mentally abusive relationship yeah. then apologising oh someone's um, got a megaphone now to talk to the rowers but the, 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 the thing, the thing, the thing like. is with that moment and this is he that's interesting because at every point throughout this season we see Logan um, both telling his children that they are the one in terms of Shiv you know you've always been the one uh, or with Kendall you're my boy and um, you know freaking out in the save room where's my boy you know he shows this he, Kendall's he his favourite he gives affection no but he it's impossible to pick a favourite because he doles out affection as a tool for loyalty yeah but in the and save room episode Kendall was the only one he was worried about in that moment but then by the end he by season episodes 9 and 10 
Roman is the golden child and he's hailing him for his business acumen he's making him CEO and no he doesn't and, make Roman CEO or sorry he, he makes him whatever MD whatever the position is no he, it was just that Roman and Kendall were sharing a position and now he says you can do it on your own yes well th- whatever that is and then he COO. yeah but that, but that's him finally acknowledging Roman uh, yeah. and as uh, as that and then he's blood sacrificing Kendall so so basically <laughs> he, I mean I plan on blood sacrificing but Oscar it's, the, it's the same with Shiv he tells her sh- it's, and it's her and always Logan. has been her and then throughout the course of the rest of the series Alien pushes her away and alienates we're her we're not like, here to talk about anyway, Shiv and Roy fine. we're here to talk about Roman um, what is fascinating with Roman and this is where they really mix in like the fucked up drama with the comedy is like that Roman is incapable of having sex but he when he tries to have sex with his girlfriend he says he's only going to have sex with her if she plays dead she oh, needs to lie there so and pretend horrifying. she's dead that is dark but then and you're like Ugh. and then but then it's they make it funny because he goes into Jerry's room and locks himself in the toilet while she basically tells him he's mommy's bad little boy or whatever the fuck she's saying to him and he's masturbating and it's like Oh my god! Like this is so dark. Well, but you they managed because this stuff and him and Jerry have a very funny dynamic. They managed to brighten it up. But I, I think is that the last time we saw the girlfriend? I don't think we saw much of the girlfriend after that. Yeah, she kind of disappears after that. To be that. honest, I would probably disappear as well. Well, the thing is, here you can you can apply some sort of um, pseudo Freudian analysis to to. Um, to whatever we can let's let's psychosexually analyze Roman well, because um, Logan brings up Freud because at one point towards the end of the series when Logan's like wife has left him Roman's actually the only one who says like are you okay like she's left you do you have anyone to talk to and Ro- and Ro- Logan's like what you want me to go to a shrink I don't want to fuck my mother and you're like oh so that's whenever they try and talk about feelings clearly the dad just references Freud yeah and and is very dismissive of any sort of conversation about your feelings but here's the thing right they grew up they grew up in that environment with that father who well yeah A is unwilling to discuss feelings they had a, B is abusive they had an absent mother who even when she is present <gasps> when is, we meet the mother she's yeah, horrible you, you get an insight into her she's absent even when she's present yeah she's awful um, I yeah, loved that when they all went to stay in her like house leaving, like leaving them a note <laughs> Roman's <laughs> to, like to I have to talk to you about goodbye. something and she's like bye I mean no, Kendall, Kendall, yeah. Kendall um but Roman, yeah, Roman is, is as you said, a victim of domestic and physical and mental abuse. Um, and, that, and, he is, he, and he is a product of that, and it's manifesting itself as somebody He's who very... is, can only get sexually aroused by, um, by, by being punished. Right? Yeah. That's a, it's a sort of... And look, I don't know a lot or about a woman S&M play, or, or these... Or by a woman playing dead. Yeah, which is even more horrifying. But I, look, I don't know a lot about the, the sort of ins and outs of um, uh, BDSM and all that. But like, they, they, that's, yeah, that, don't even go there. That looks like <laughs> well, not you, tell, into, you tell me that. Let's not get into a BDSM um, discussion. But um, but th- but there is element. There appears to me in, in that there is elements of that that sort of submissive sexuality. Oh sort well, of, yeah, obviously. But um, I also think it's the mommy thing. Yes, that's where exactly. Jerry, Jerry is a maternal figure to yeah. him. In many ways, she's in a she's someone he respects and admires, and and has sought to has turned to for advice, and she also um, adopts that position, uh, that sort of nurturing position. She tells she essentially like uh, leagues with him and associates with him, and. 
they kind of form their own sort of power play dynamic and fantasize about them running the company together. Well, he says we should get married at one point, but everything he says is so flippant and it disappears. And I was really no, no, pleased but, but right sorry. at the end when yeah, he when when everyone's throwing everyone under the boat under the bus in that boat scene at lunch. Oh, and, and he defends everyone kind Jerry. Of, everyone kind of says, "Oh, Jerry, Jerry," and he's so clever. It's like the cleverest we've ever seen him. He says, "No, it shouldn't be Jerry," but he says she's the only senior female in the company. What are you going to do? Get her, get rid of her in this scandal? That would yeah. make you look even worse. And immediately, because it's such a good point, everyone goes, "All right, can't be Jerry." But he saved her, and we know why. But nobody else would know why. Like, remember when in the episode where the the kind of captive thing was happening, and they were in the hotel, and yeah. uh, and he's like, "Would you shag, marry, or avoid?" And, and what somebody said, "I'd shag Jerry," and he's like. Ew, yeah. and he's trying to make a face but he's like a little kid who has a crush and they're trying to like hide their crush and his whole face there's loads of gifts about that on, on Twitter afterwards but what one of the things I love about Kendall they are getting their names mixed up Roman um, they do they've this very they all the kids are very distinctive ways. every character is really distinctive ways of speaking but Roman's is that he is completely inarticulate like Roman someone would be like how are you and he's like yeah fucking weather yeah uh, lunch sure and he'll just walk off and even with Jerry, he's like, yeah, fuck you. We should get married. Bye. Like, he can't, he can't, <laughs> no, but I think... he can't articulate. So that's why when he did articulate that thing about the senior woman and Jerry, I was like, no, I kind of oh. disagree with you. I think that those, and, and those, you're right, those moments happen where he, he kind of blurts out. It's almost like um, Tourette's syndrome. All these sort of little quirks come out of him and then he just walks off. But I feel like that's, in, in those instances, it's him trying to express himself and what he's actually thinking like let's get married uh, like it's it's, it's like, almost I like I love you let's live happily it's, forever it's emotional Tourette's it's his actual feelings bursting forth and then him instantly pushing them down and, and disregarding them and walking away or making a flippant joke do you know what I mean he's, but even there's a scene earlier there's a scene at some point in this season where um, the three Roy kids are put on stage at a conference and Roman can't speak like that's like okay. Shiv, and Ke- Shiv and Kendall do all the heavy yeah and he Roman. says the only thing he says is we'll do whatever anyone wants <laughs> or something like yeah, that like, right like he, he says he, the most inane and yeah, he's the worst inane, thing he that's exactly everything he, everything he says is inane but let's talk about that and his sort of whatever business acumen because that's kind of his character journey for this season is div- is, ter- is becoming the sort of um, the businessman he needs to be and we you know. oh, and he goes to his little training camp. Yeah, and, and so at the beginning of the season, you know, he goes into that um, Volter uh, company that they're stripping with Kendall. And we again, we see the same dynamics we saw in the first season. Kendall is the smart one. He's sitting down with all their papers. He's figuring everything out. He's the, essentially the one who does all the work. Um, and Roman's like, goes well, to get pissed says, with a few interns. Yeah, it, although, although that was an interesting dynamic because it showed... Actually, Roman did gather some insight about the company and the people by going on the ground level. Yeah, but Roman's but, doing the kind of grunt work that you get, like, like, yeah, like the COO should be doing what Kendall's doing. So one of his lackeys should be doing what Roman's doing, like. Well, yes. Like the COO should not be the one going but, out and getting it, pissed with him. But it indicates that he's he is smart and he is clever, and ultimately we do see that in the in the sort of his um his he's, final decision about smart-ish. about the Turkish deal. Yeah, but if, um, I mean, I mean, anyone with half a brain, like. Like, no, but is no, not no, no. clever compared to Shiv and Kendall. No, 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 but the, the difference is, yeah, fine, anyone could look at that deal on face value and say, this is a terrible thing. But who's going to sit there in a room with Logan Roy? It's because uh, he's with, one of his kids, though. That's why he can no, do No, 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 but it's not just that. This is a defining moment for Roman because he has never done that previously. He disagreed with um, Frank and the um, oh, the other guy whose name, whose name I forget. 
I can't um, remember the lackeys' names. But 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 they're they're pushing this deal, and Roman knows it could save the company, and he makes a very brave and difficult decision, and Logan rewards him for it. I don't think and it's that brave not- and difficult. He's basically been held up at gunpoint by these people, and he he mainly says it's not just that he says I think it's a bad deal. He says I don't think they're going to pay up. Like he says, I don't think the deal is actually going to happen. Yes. I think if he was confident that the deal was going to happen, he might have pushed aside the, the ethics of it. But I think because he no, just doesn't I think, trust them. No, no, I think this is his his ethics coming to bear because he's not comfortable dealing with these people, these these clearly like dangerous vipers owning the company, whereas the other guys are just for financial. Well, route. the difference with him and the other guys, though, and this is what's interesting about the Roy's is the other guys. There's nothing in it. I'll push it. It's fine. I'll push the buggy now that it's not muddy anymore. Um, the other guys would have immediate financial gain if this happens right and then they leave Yeah. but the Roy's are very dedicated to this brand and this company and I think any of them would any kid if they've been involved in it would have been like this isn't right for our company I, 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 I really disagree with you on this I think this this is Roman um, coming out at the end of this season with actual uh, business credentials oh my god and I'm sense. saying he's way better than he was in season yeah. one I just think and I don't think he would have done the same thing a year ago no no I don't think so either I think he's shown real character development and I think like as I said around that lunch table he really held his own when it came to Jerry however like he's deaf, but he's still like no, you are by right, no means should be a candidate for CEO no, 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 of any fine. company but you, I mean you're right in saying that <laughs> Shiv or Kendall would have sat in that in that room and probably made the same decision but but Roman has changed that's yeah. his journey and he so he he kind of in a way has earned his his new position um, yeah, anyway I mean, let's move as, on as from Roman like, or are we going to be no no can we just talk about one more thing with Go Roman on. which is when um, <laughs> he goes to Scotland and I can't remember which team it is now but it's hearts or hips oh, gotcha. and he's like that's my dad's favourite team because <laughs> we, we used to live in Scotland briefly we, we have first hand seen some of the rivalry around those teams we were like, oh my God, this is hilarious. And then he buys the dad the wrong team. And the dad's like, that's not the team I support. And Roman's and like, like, I'm it pretty is. sure it is. And the dad is. goes, oh yeah, I don't know what team I've supported my whole fucking life. <laughs> and then Roman goes to the team and tries to give them like an inspirational speech. And he's usually like, oh, go that. and play football and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was really good. That's so wonderful. It just really summed up that desperate need to please his dad and just how badly he goes about it like. But even if he'd bought the team the dad liked, the dad wouldn't have cared. Like, if the dad had wanted to buy the team, he'd have bought them a long time ago. Like, the dad wants for nothing. Yeah, like, that's you a know, good point. It's just so, it was just so dumb, the whole thing. Just shows how much disposable income all the kids have. Like, it's not like their money's locked in a trust fund. Like, they seem, like, including Connor's stuff, they seem to have direct access to huge sums of money. Yeah, but but that's because he probably just gives it to them. There's billions on to play with, right? Yeah. Anyway, look, come on, we could talk about the financial logistics of that family forever. Oh God, massive Let, puddle. You can push. we just turn back? Let's go back the other way. Okay. Um, let's talk about Shiv. Tom, this is 100% not going to happen, but it's smart to say yes, right? I am so excited for you. Thank you. For us. I am. And you know... It's okay for you to say that you want it. I'd support you. Well, look, I mean, say I did want it, and I don't. You know, you, if I was CEO of Waystar, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you, honey, are going to be something huge. Yeah, sure. Like what? I, I don't know, but we'll figure it out. Yeah, that's for later on, down, right. down the road, whenever, just whenever. Wow. <laughs> 
Shiv at the beginning. Shiv's haircut is I'm obsessed with her hair. I'm obsessed with her fashion. I'm obsessed with everything. I literally Google pictures of Shiv after I watch it. Like I'm out of control. She's quite. Um, she's she's so elegant and her um, fashion. Like powerful. she wears pantsuits, like baggy pantsuits. She looks amazing in the in the whole sequence where they were like on the cruise and she's wearing all these amazing like, swimming outfits and hats and stuff. I was just like, oh, she's so wonderful. And then I was in my Google stalking, found out she was only 32, and I was really surprised. I think she's playing an older character. I'm not saying she looks older than 32. I think the character she's playing is older. Tom's certainly much older than that, the actor. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, but, God, she... This was her... Like, the first probably five episodes of this were, like, her... It's, it's she, almost it her, it's her season, season yeah. in many ways. Although, ultimately, Kendall is still the beating heart of this show, Yeah, but the I first think. couple of episodes when Kendall was just this empty shell, it was all about you. Yeah, she certainly came to the fore... Um, so all right, let's let's just get into it then. She's 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 the very early the one, the one who doesn't care about the company and is not trying to get in. Oh my god, um, she is just and you know in the last season concerned with her career and that she's like a political advisor to a democratic candidate. She's really separate from the business, and then basically it's wonderful the power of the dad in one season in one scene in this was it in the first episode no no, it's like the second anyway, he basically one. tells her like you're next you're going to be it and she completely changes her entire life from that it's unbelievable yes so it's it, <laughs> but this just shows that again the, the split nature of, of, of Shiv and this is why I think her politics are a show she has constructed an identity for herself which is based around I'm I'm not I'm outside the business I don't want any of that um, I'm, that's I've probably got, in part because she was pro- never invited in. But th- no, this, that's exactly... Yeah. It's not in part. That's the entire reason for it. Yeah. She was made She was made to feel outside and then wore that as a skin and constructed an identity around that, which is why I think her politics are bullshit. I don't think she ever... She does, She's not left-leaning. I don't think she's even um, political. I, I don't think... I, I actually disagree because I think when... Um, I think if she did get the position, I think she really would strive to clean the company up. And I think she would, like, I think when she met with that victim from the cruises, I think she was actually being really honest in what she was saying. I don't, I don't know. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think she's smart. I think she's the most cutthroat of all the children. No, she's not. And I not. think she's the most like her Kendall's father. Kendall's the most cutthroat. No, he's, he's... In the end, she couldn't sacrifice Tom. Kendall was, like, Kendall was willing to sacrifice his own dad. Twice. The end of season one as well. Kendall isn't cutthroat. He, well, he ultimately, he, I guess, in a way, he does ultimately become the killer that that uh, Logan tells him he isn't. But let's not get into that. Okay, whatever, whatever. I think let's let's I, as soon as Shiv. The point is, as soon as Shiv is offered it, as you say, she completely abandons the, everything that makes her her, and and is pursuing this and and will throw Tom in, in the way do anything to get this and she becomes but I don't think she abandons everything that makes her her because I think from season one as, as well as being the democratic person and the you know the left leaning one of the family she was still at every family event and every family scene like her family is like what dominates her sense of self I think so I think it's that's still true for her in season two um, and I think yeah, it's it's fascinating watching what, what the dad's proposal did to her. I find that like just unbelievable to watch because to be told something like that, yeah. and then she unravels. It's so fucked up because he's he's so awful. The dad, like, he tells her that because she's the one who isn't looking for it, right? It's like the dad wants what he can't have, and then as soon as she's interested, 
and she leaves her job and she's like right I'm ready to go he's like oh no yeah he pushes her away yeah. in a way but again that's Logan's power play people yeah. but also Logan's so a man who I think genuinely doesn't know and he expresses that and it's one of the rare bits of um, you know apparent honesty from Logan that I believe I think he doesn't know he's not. Well, he's unsure he, that's why he's turning I to Rhea I think he meant it though and then yes he I think he did how, mean it in the he moment he saw how quickly she unravelled with the power like that scene we mentioned when they're at that dinner table um, at the, the Pierce's house the Pierce's and she blurts it out she, ca- Such she actually a mistake. can't cope with the pressure like um, and like when Rhea dangles that very obvious carrot in front of her of trying to um yeah, oh, you fa- can take over the other company. She falls for she it. She falls for it like, instantly. Like what the dad actually, through all his disgusting mechanisms, proves is that Shiv is not capable of doing the job. Like she's not ready for it. She, yeah, you're right. And she does that memo that everyone's taking the piss out of. Like she goes <laughs> yeah. about it all wrong. Because the thing, what's really interesting about Shiv is she's really cool, right? She's so cool. She's the coolest kid until she gets off with this and then she just she falls apart she falls apart at the seams um, and do you know what it reminded me of fascinating to watch do you remember that um, we both read this book The Immortalists um, which is about a group of kids who get told by a fortune teller the exact day oh yeah I forgot about the, the book the date uh, that they're each going to die yeah and <laughs> without no spoilers for that book but um it's knowing sim- the day you're going to die turns out messes you up a bit yeah so, so knowing having that information essentially changes the, changes the way you live your life yeah uh, and, I, and, and it's, it's, a, it's a similar thing that one knowing that was coming down the line for her and even if she knew it was a few years away or whatever it changed well immediately how she, how she spoke to her boss like and this is where she it was just hilarious like she basically starts saying to the boss he shakes hands with somebody in the street and she's like ooh do you want some hand sanitizer?" and and actually the boss in, in himself is a really privileged guy anyway but he's pretending to be like down with the kids and he doesn't like when she says to him but like do you actually want hand sanitizer when you're shaking a normal person's hand and then she also basically says yeah well you struck a deal with my dad you're all over his new channels like you've no morals and she just basically gets herself sacked because she thinks oh well fine I can go off to my job now but Roma uh, the dad never said like quit your job tomorrow no, she she was she blew it she was emboldened by um, some sort of imaginary bulletproof armour that doesn't exist because basically anything Logan promises you is uh, you know it's ethereal it's not real yeah. necessarily nothing is real until it actually happens and even with like and I think she's all show because even with Tom you know she's like oh and of this open relationship just because like effectively she wants to shag other people and she's awful to Tom and there's a scene where um, her and Tom go to dinner with Roman and his girlfriend and her and Roman just are horrible to Tom and it's like would you speak to your I would never speak to you like that in front of other people ha <laughs> um, like the way she's it's so awful just the constant constant belittling of Tom and it takes him telling her 10 episodes in well 20 episodes in that she makes him unhappy and she's like huh like they all seem to be missing this kind of empathy they, yeah they, and they you're don't right seem to, like, she seems surprised that Tom's unhappy but that, it's that's, like your marriage is horrible like of y- course he's unhappy y- you're exactly right and in it, that's a, a double date uh, and it's, it's a relaxed situation in which people are themselves and in that moment Roman and Shiv relax back into themselves and that's what and that's, like. that's their that's their permanent state of being it's, it's like with Shiv like when, when Roman's like been through this hostage situation and, and he says I want to talk about my feelings and she's the one who starts going I'm not talking about my yeah. feelings 
Like she's harmless. But that's because they're a product of the environment that their dad created for them, which you see in the opening credits every week. It's um and it's them being played off against each other by an absent sort of elusive and um father who who they were trained to yearn for affection all they do is try and score points yeah exactly Yeah. so that's that's, that's all they're doing and they apply the same to their own relationship she also treats Tom like he's really dumb like you know when Tom does the we hear you thing which to be fair was really bad we hear Um, for you we hear for you (laughs) she's like great job and then kind of rolls her eyes behind his back and again like that's not actually like if she thought it was genuinely bad she should tell him and have that conversation instead of like pretending like it's good to him and then kind of rolling her eyes um, at her brothers you know what I mean like she's a horrible wife um, uh, that's, she, that's yeah. the thing with Tom though Tom and her relationship you're right she she knows deep down he's not right for that role and never was and that's why she's so kind of willing to sacrifice him but she does but again, try to get in like she gets in like she tries like she gets in the head of ATN News like that's a pretty yeah. good position to get your husband look in many ways he's just part of the mask that she's adopted I think and the lifestyle I think he's a tr- in many ways he's just a trophy to her um, he must be something more like I, I, I'd i love to get to the bottom of their relationship like he does give her something I think she doesn't get from other people like she is at her most vulnerable scenes with are with Tom like even when she's telling him, like she tells him before she tells anyone that the dad says it's her and I really enjoyed the scene it was about episode four or five I guess where um, you know where Kendall like she's like are you I don't know if she asked Kendall if he's okay or if, like basically Kendall says it's not going to be me Shiv and he just starts crying oh that's so tragic and and even she couldn't really cope with that like they, they can't cope with en- like any sort of emotions and it was great watching her with her mother as well I thought that was fascinating watching just even how they interacted the mom's like oh you finally come to visit and Shiv's like you've never invited us or whatever like and the mom's like bartering to get them for Christmas and she doesn't even like them or want them <laughs> yeah. and they're grown children in their 30s and 40s like you don't have a custody fight over who gets your 30 year old children for but Christmas the, but that's the mom's the mom views the children in the same way that Logan does as, as assets assets yeah. yes exactly they're, they're collateral and they're, they're and they can be but they're tools as well that can be manipulated and employed to affect he, he uses them all for different purposes yeah. and jobs throughout the season it's they're, impossible to talk employees. about any of the characters without talking about Logan but also I just watch he's Shiv the one who unravel. hangs over all the characters and he's yeah. responsible for who they are watching Shiv unravel was just a joy like she's some actress oh Sarah oh Snook. my god do you know what I was she's looking one, her she's up she's Australian right she's Australian I was looking her up she was actually the she was the what was that Ethan Hawke movie like the time travelling and he'd like a scarred face I don't oh, want to yeah, give away yeah, yeah. any plot points. Predestination. She's the girl good... in Predestination. Oh, go wait. That, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Because uh, I was IMDb stalking her the night my obsession. That was a really interesting movie. Um, but like, she's some actress, like when she, she's so good, right? At like, in that scene on the dinner table and she goes, for fuck's sake, dad, just tell them it's me with complete confidence. Yeah. And within 0.5 seconds, her face just starts to crumble <laughs> when she realizes the reaction around the table. <laughs> Actually, like to the nuance of these performances is just incredible. I don't know, how, like, what a joy she's, to be an actor on this show. Particularly good. She's so like she does that mix of confidence and vulnerability that they all have because they're like so privileged and like just embodied with this confidence from birth. But then they're so insecure at the same time. Yes. And she's just Perfect. so good at doing it. I love it. All right. But any you know, final she notes does, on Shiv? Yeah, like she does fix some stuff from them, and she says, "Oh, you want the woman's touch," but like. 
she does fix fix uh, that witness like she's the only one who, who could have managed that yeah oh no she's, yeah. she's more than capable in, in so many ways like and she really in like, that, is in good that for the instance, family but also in the um, in the the moment with, with you mentioned earlier with the three of them are on stage at the conference she's um, the like, she yeah. shines she like really she's shines. and she talks about her dad as a dinosaur when she's getting too cocky and he's not impressed at all <laughs> yeah. but also we, I want to briefly talk about her dynamic with Reina because I really enjoyed it Rhea Rhea she yeah. was the first to see that Rhea was a threat yes like and again and she's it's, the one who dispatches with her it's the female eye I guess because the brother's are like oh yeah Rhea's just someone's dad shagging basically and she's like no no Rhea's a huge threat and then basically what I loved is that when it came down to it and the dad's like I can't decide who to say is next and she knows the cruise's scandal is coming she's like trust yeah. your heart dad <laughs> go with Rhea she also, plays the dad she plays very the well. dad yeah so she could have grabbed it in that moment like he was really thinking oh I could give it to her and also um, I loved um, you know the way we never see the siblings working together I love the scene at the dad's they called it like his funeral or whatever the scene in Scotland where like they all gang up on Rhea at the same time yeah. so oh, and, Shiv, and Shiv orchestrates it so Shiv's like oh Rhea ne- never drinks and she Shiv knows that's the one thing that will get to her dad because later on everything else that happened the dad goes I thought she liked to drink <laughs> yeah um, and then Kendall says ooh mention his sister or Con Con says something and Roman says something and it's like oh those four kids imagine being their babysitter when they were younger like they if they all like collude they are horrific and I want to see more of that because I really enjoyed and they, watching and them they have, act together they to have, yeah someone. they have such a wonderful dynamic when it's just the four of them yeah. in a room together or even just the, the three, three plus uh, con three, three minus con three plus goner um, uh, so yeah I, I loved all the stuff I thought she did a f- like it was so good everything she did there was just amazing all right. what a role like let's, let's move on uh, two left let's talk about Logan How much is a gallon of milk? What? How much is a gallon of milk? I don't know. I mean, who the fuck knows, Dad? Literally, no one knows. Who gives a shit? Ray! Yeah? How much is a gallon of milk? Uh, uh, well, I mean, like, regular milk, or...? I am surrounded by snakes and fucking morons! You're a bunch of silk-stocking fucks! Who backs me on Pierce? Hmm? Who? None of them do, Dad. They're all against it. Okay? Carl's lying. Ray's lying. Jerry's playing both sides. Well, (laughs) here's news. We are going after it and what's more I will win he just dominates the whole show he really every does. scene even the scenes he's not in what's interesting with with Logan is that I feel like in the show the show never gives makes him a sort of a point of view character as such you know, you do, you, as in, you're you really following. Get a scene with him you're really following the kids, yeah. and Logan is just this, as you said, this powerful black cloud over all of their lives. Um, but you do get a few insights into 
Logan and they humanize Logan in many and, and, and for who is essentially the villain. Um, like, like the Logan's moment, so awful, and yet he's seductive. Scenes, he seduces he's, me. Yeah, I'm watching him, and I love him. Sometimes, as an audience, yeah, you're just he's like Brian Cox is is just this vortex. Like you, you're just all attention in the room on screen, but also as the audience, you just you're just like gripped by this man yeah. who holds this like he holds a, a room and a country and a planet in his in his in his grip and i do think part of his attraction is his volatility because um i've had bosses kind of like that in the past when they can be really awful or or really full of praise and you don't know where you're going to fall in between that it's it's awful but it's like when they praise you you value it more than if a normal nice person praises you yeah. because you know you could be at the other end of it it creates a it's, a desire it makes it desirable but it's, it's also so scary but again what you've described is an abusive relationship exactly and he has an abusive relationship with everyone with in his life but also but he's also like you have to like when you think about it you forget because we're watching him you know whatever he's actually he is at the centre he's been at the centre of his own universe for so long and he's been so rich for so long and he's been running this company for so long that he he's alone he's just like but he just has no perspective outside of his own wants and needs yes and and even again that weekend we mentioned where the whole family unravels very visibly he can't control himself like he's at a table of people who are questioning his treatment of women and the and and the place of women in his corporation and he a cannot tell them that Shiv is going to succeed him even though he knows that would get him the deal and B, he screams at his wife over the dinner table. Like, he completely lost it. Yeah. And that surprised me. I thought, oh, I would have thought Logan could rein himself in. And he he can't even do that because he's so used to throwing money at problems. Like, that's his solution to everything is to throw money at it. And when money wasn't working, he just did not know what to do. Yeah, you're so right. And then, But he's, he's filled with rage as well because when money so does angry. finally fail him... In that moment where um, is it Alison Pierce, the, well, the head of the Pierce family, walks away at the conference and tells him she'll never give him the company. Well, he, he just runs it. down the road screaming at her, and it's and he's banging on her car like he's so out of control. And that's what's really scary about him. He's a bit like a wild beast. And we know part of the reason he wants it's kind of twofold. He wants the company so much because he believes it will save his company. But B, he really he just wants, wants it, it because of his brother Ewan. Because yeah. they said it's Ewan's favourite news channel. Oh, you're right. Like, he, their relationship <laughs> with his brother, like, is terrifying. But that's what, okay, everything everything that we've said that the, every, the result of who the kids are is because of Logan. And whatever happened to Logan and his brother is a result of their upbringing. And I love that they'd never call it out or tell about, tell us about it again. You don't get the backstory. You don't get the episode. But you, you get that wonderful moment where they go to the house that um, he clearly told his children he grew up in a shack where he used to like piss out in the garden and stuff. And then he, the children go to his childhood home. Yeah, and it's like a normal three-bed like three semi-detached. We're like, we wish we owned that house. Like, that is a nice house. And then, but he can't get out of the car. Yes. Oh, he is. So it's crippled. like what dark things happened in that home. But and to also, him, what when he remembers to his sister. It, when he rem- you, oh my god, I know. But when he remembers that house, I think he really does remember it as a shack. Like he's not exaggerating. Well, it's, it's an interesting so thing. Weird. Yeah, because he clearly has not so rich, been back there in a long time. And what's interesting is that 
I thought Brian Cox played was particularly excellent in that episode um, when it, he's this sort of ball of nostalgia and um, sort of fear and repressed memories resurging and also a man who's uncomfortable with praise and surprises and I love that again it's an example of the um, Raya getting it so wrong by throwing him a surprise party no, <laughs> like but then she doesn't know him pleased. Like, I think no but he wasn't that's him quickly adopting yeah his, and he left and then came back again his, profe- like, his need for control and he just had to endure that but I love that the kids knew he'd hate it and they're just so pleased that Ray is doing all this stuff <laughs> yes, wrong yeah, 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 yeah. and then at the end of it all he goes she had whiskey with me she told me she liked to drink <laughs> so good but also like his relationship with his wife is is so interesting because here him and Ray start like shagging in the season which we never really see but but the wife seems to know about it and it, it appears that it's not unusual for him to cheat on the wife. We picked that up. But what I absolutely loved is when the wife grabs Rhea and yeah. Rhea, Rhea is trying to be all polite to her and the wife says, oh, do you get STD checks? Because so, just because you know, so you know, like, Logan and I still make love too. And then she's all smiles and Rhea is just like, oh my God, like it's the most uncomfortable conversation. And like, basically the wife's being so clever because she's letting her know, I know what you're up to don't care about it and FYI we still shag too I know she <laughs> she took it it's the wife taking a position of weakness and turning it into a position Brilliant. of power somehow it's, but then it's, the wife was great because I keep calling her the wife I'm sorry I cannot remember her name um, she's so she doesn't care that he's I. sleeping with Raya basically but when he makes Raya his successor she's like I'm done with you like you did not tell me you yeah. were doing this and she's gone then and I'm like fair play because she knows that like one thing that he's having these affairs which he clearly does all the time but she knows for him to give somebody power on his business that's something more yeah it's not a sexual relationship it was a business relationship I don't relationship know why he gave it to Rhea though I didn't quite understand that her seduction of him like, it, I don't know why he fell for it like it he seemed perhaps, too smart for it it is perhaps one of the show's minor failings I, I'm not yeah I'm not wholly convinced by how that happened but, but however they did spend a lot of time at it she shows up you know, first in episode four in that safe room episode, and then she is kind of uh, a mixture of also being seduced by him and the power, but 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 also playing her own game. Um, and she comes she from this so-called respectable family, and I think part of maybe the appeal for him is that that's the family he hates so much. So he would have been pleased to get one of them and make her his CEO. Yeah. And he obviously just says like none of his kids are ready to do it, but he knows he needs to announce successor. Um, but yeah, so I, I enjoyed all that stuff with him and Raya and his wife as well. But ultimately, what's, what's interesting is that she got seduced by it, got a bit too close to it all, and then as soon as she realised what the company actually, the beating heart of that company and the scandals and the darkness within both the company and Logan, she backs out. Like, even her, this basically someone who is like ultimately she- just a cutthroat um, who will swap allegiances whenever it suits her. You know. It's too dark, like the cruises stuff, and this is what we need to talk about. Like the stuff they're covering up in the cruises, and again, it's very interestingly done because they're our protagonists, and to some extent, we're rooting for them. 
I'm when never. Rob- I'm sorry. I'm never rooting for them. No, I, I mean, in I'm rooting for them in, in their internal power plays. Yeah. But like externally, I want. I'm rooting for the congressional hearing. Like yeah. I, I want them to be picked apart. But so do I. But then when Kendall does his amazing speech, I'm like, yes, Kendall. Yeah, I know. Um, I know. But the yeah. stuff that they were covering up, like there were people were being murdered and abused on these cruises, and Logan at the very end. And I think this is when Kendall realised that his dad knew all along. Because his dad says, not a real person. Uh, yes. And that was the acronym. That's the most important line, I think, they, in this whole series. What do they call them? Series. NRPs, not real yeah. people. If you die and you're undocumented, they'll just throw you off the edge of a cruise. And that is like, holy shit. And that is something, I think, that none of the kids would have ever gone for. But Logan was quite happy to cover up. But as in, but it also, the show is implying in that moment that A, Logan knew about all of this from the start. But also, that phrase came from him. Yeah. Like... He he's the one he who's not, not only care. he's actively covering it up and actively did nothing about it and was friends with Uncle Mo. Um, that you know, as they say, that nickname they knew about all this. And they it's not did like not care. what what I find fascinating about it is okay when Kendall ma- accidentally murders someone, Logan kind of jumps in and and covers it up right as his dad and to some extent you can understand that no he didn't do it as a dad he no, did no, it as I'm, a I'm saying it was a one time thing he did but it to get leverage no no I'm yeah but also he would not like he does not want a scandal of his son fucking murdering someone at his no fine I'm just I'm, I'm being no, but, semantic but, but he didn't is, do it as a father protecting point, his son my is point I mean. is that's a one time thing you understand there's multiple reasons why he did it yeah the cruise stuff went on for years so it's not like again you might understand if it happened once Logan covers it up and then gets rid of all the perpetrators it's like the Catholic Church they just kept letting it happen over and over again the abuse of children in the Catholic Church and in this instance he knew that Mo was molesting people hence the name he knew that people were being killed on the cruises he knew undocumented uh, migrant workers were being abused and he did not care and it appears it went on for decades we don't quite get a timeline and that's the really 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 dark side of it and he's the one who's like well they're not real people it doesn't matter yeah it's him. The, it's the so reveal. Dark. It's the. Re, it's that moment is the reveal of um, the true. Like Logan is not just the head of a company that got out of control. He. He is the malign that, influence yeah, behind everything. He is, and he. But he allowed that situation to happen. Fostered it. Fostered those. You know, the relationships he has with his family are the relationships he has with his employees. We see Frank and Jerry and and um, Carl. They're all. Um, sycophants who are both in love with and, and in awe and in fear of him it's the same he applies the same relationships to everybody and he's so dark like that boring the floor stuff that's all Logan like he comes yeah. in and does that to a room of people he's sick he's getting like perverse enjoyment from that stuff and while the whole time downplaying it it's just a game yeah play the game on the floor he's such he's a good character he's terrifying yeah. he's a terrifying um, presence um, I think what I like about so much about Succession is though it's such a good mix it's not just him because again I think a whole series where Logan was sorry now it's very busy the road are on um, a whole season where Logan is the main character or where Roman is the main character specifically those two I wouldn't be able to watch it and without the comedic elements it would just be horrible it would just be all darkness and cynicism yeah. yeah I mean you do get but that's what you get glimpses of um, sort of satirical ridiculousness um, and humanity from the other characters for sure well let's move on then let's move on to where the real humanity is which is Kendall who for me is 
Can we he, take a break? I need to take a break and we come back to Kendall because I've just realised Oscar's uh, woken up from his nap. Oh, okay, okay, we'll come Oscar, back. Oscar, fair play, you did very we'll well. We'll come back in a minute. Okay. For a long succession discussion. We will be back later, probably from our sofa. Okay, bye. Bye. L to the OG. Dude be the OG. And he playing. Playing like a pro. C. L to the OG. Dude be the OG. And he playing. Playing like a pro, make some noise. A1 ratings, ADK wine, never gonna stop, baby. Fuck for the time, bro. Don't get it twisted, I've been through hell. But since I stand dad, I'm alive and well. Shaper of views, creator of news, father of many, paid all his dues. So don't try to run your mouth at the king. Just pucker up, bitch, and go kiss the ring. L to the OG, do me the OG, A and he playing. Make some noise. Hi, we're back. Moments have passed for you, but several hours and a lifetime <laughs> have passed for us because that is the day of a, in the life of a parent. Um, so, right, let's try and pick it up again uh, because I think we're like Took an my hour daddy's number one boy. <laughs> daddy's number one boy. Right. I think we can to talk about Kendall. We need to talk about where he finished up in the last season, though. Okay, go. So it's very much his descent into drug addiction so he is he is sober at the start of season one then he I can't remember why but he he gets he's got a serious cocaine problem which he's getting back on towards the end of season one and he is possibly because he's socializing with Stewie again or whatever um but he he he's really plotting to bring his dad down right and like fuck the company so Kendall is being pretty naughty (laughs) at the end of season one and then at Shiv's wedding, um, when he's about to do this amazing, you know, for him thing and like kick the dad out and get the company and all the rest of it, he decides to ask a little waiter, a young waiter to get him coke and then they do loads of coke together and then they go off in the waiter's car and then they drive into the the water. I don't know which one of them's driving, I can't remember. And Kendall just leaves the him. The waiter is. Kendall just leaves the scene of the crime and I basically think. comes back. And uh, it kind of says all we need to know about Kendall really. Like he's a complete fuck up at the end of season one. Um, I think he did something that any of us are capable of doing. In the space of one evening, you're trying to he take down scared. your dad's empire. You leave some of that you don't even know if they're dead or not. I've been trying like to take we, down my dad's empire for years. Like we find out in season two that like the, ki- the kid wasn't even dead when Kendall left him. No, no, hang on. Don't, like, don't get me wrong. I'm not forgiving it. Yeah, I'm just saying. It's just we forget because we love Kendall not, so much. Yeah, but he's also not a a, a cold blooded killer. No, and he he's really a, suffers morally with it. Yes, but I'm saying he's a human who made it, did it, a horrible thing, um, an unconscionable mistake that he's is paying for every day of season two. Yeah, but he's not paying for it really. He's living in luxury and like feeling sad for himself. Like, but that's, Kathy, it depends on your definition. Nothing. We've already covered this. That yeah, means but, nothing to those people. But Dave, it's what's your it's definition of comfort? What's your definition of justice? Do you think causing a young man's death and fleeing the scene of a crime, paying Whoa, for it? I'm not is... saying any justice has been served. <laughs> yeah, okay. Good. Hang on. Because you're saying that Kendall's paying for it. I would say he isn't. He is paying for it internally. I'm not oh, saying that's he's fair. Sad. Kathy, sure. I'm not saying that's fair. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying. Hey, justice has been served. <laughs> let the let justice bygones be served. bygones. Kendall Come on. went on a spa and it got ended abruptly you, before you are, he got to twist, meditate. You're twisting my words. You're twisting my words. He's 
All I'm saying is that he, the, the, I'm not trusting your word. You he has not got off scot free. You don't walk away from something like that. And By get the end off of the season, free. he doesn't care. He really cares at the start of the season. Okay, that's also not true. <laughs> I really disagree with you. Anyway, I can't be at all this with. Hang on. Ken, at the my, end of the sh- sorry, Dave. Let, no, let me say. Let me say. You're going to wake up. At Oscar. the end of this, at the end of this season, he has gone through the cycles of of grief, essentially, and he's big, big, he's gone through acceptance. Um, of what he's done and is starting to by the last few episodes regain a sense of self to the point where so for the first seven episodes he's basically an automaton he's so great come on let's go back to the beginning let's go back to the beginning this is me talking about him and his journey okay and then by the end he's standing up in front of a crowd and singing L to the OG <laughs> which is basically thing. old L Kendall back, as you said so he, he he does come full circle and he's someone who was reinvigorated by Naomi um, in a, in the Naomi Pierce, and I thought a a, a brilliant um, burgeoning relationship, and I loved the scene with them in the helicopter. And he's someone who has regained his life, and then it's all taken away from him again by his dad. But can so, we go back to the start of the season, though? We're skipping way too far ahead. Yeah, um, I I know we've talked about what amazing actors they all are. But the actor who plays Kendall is the absolute star of the show, isn't he? Jeremy Strong. Oh my God, he's just incredible. Like, what he can do, he, he, like you said, at the start of the season, he is like, he's like slow walking through water. Like, he's not really reacting to anything around him. He can barely speak. He's like his dad's lapdog. He's so upset about what happened. And it's quite brilliant to watch that and then him kind of slowly evolving throughout the season to come out of that but he just plays that broken man so amazingly and it's what I love about Kendall like like all of them have this but like Kendall can can feel really touching where Roman and Shiv never can like you like we always root for Kendall even though we know he's so flawed and like in season one he kind of is our protagonist he is yeah like even in season one like he we were always kind of rooting for him like we did want him to take Logan down but then when he was all like coked up and like do you remember there was a scene in season one where he was like trying to buy this kind of young hip art or something and he just walks in and he's like trainers and like puts his feet up on the desk and starts talking shit to these two young women yeah. and like he's just awful and so he can be as awful as the rest of them as well but it's generally when he's on drugs um it's like he's, yes. he's quite fascinating to watch but it's also not just that he he as with the rest of them is a product of his environment yeah. and he's as he's as out of touch with reality and the common person as any of them yeah he's he just is. the most seemingly in touch but he's so clever like of all of them I think he is the best businessman like some of the scenes yeah. he, the business scenes he does he's really but clever that's the thing even when he's working on, on autopilot and he's checked out emotionally and is he's basically not even connected to reality it's almost like his subconscious his lizard brain kicks in and he's just got these natural killer business instincts but he's the only one who actually we get the impression in season one like he's worked in the company for a really long time yeah he just knows the stuff like Roman never did anything until season two end of season one really he was kind of a token and Shiv never worked in the company whereas he's done the work like Kendall should have succeeded his dad in the pilot like that's where it all went wrong for him yeah and but it's fascinating even McKenna like he he has in season one like he has an, an ex-wife that he's trying to get back together with and he has kids that he's trying to have a relationship with 
but he's just so over we don't them. see at all in this we scene. see this we one scene them, right? where they're in a theme park and he's there with his kids oh, he's yes, closed it down right, for their birthday yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah he's kind of just he's kind of given all that up and he's just fully embraced his drug addiction now like he's not trying to fight it at all yeah. whereas in season one he was trying to be sober but I guess if you're it's in really that sad. <laughs> excuse me if you're in that spiral of depression after experiencing something that's as traumatic as that that as he, you murdering someone no no but yeah it's still traumatic yeah and again like i know it seems to sound like i'm forgiving him for not. murder i'm not but also it's not murder it's negligent homicide <laughs> <laughs> which, someone's been watching on. too much so I'm csi like, i'm also like don't <laughs> don't i'm not forgiving him but also it sounded like I'm. it's only negligent homicide right and he's really <laughs> upset about look, it look no real person was involved right <laughs> cool. um where, where, where and going? then there's the scene like so it's kind of Kendall trying to come to terms with it and the dad is like seems genuinely concerned about um, Kendall's mental health at the start of this series doesn't he like the dad seems very worried about him but then yeah but I, again I don't again, buy dad, any I don't buy back, any human emotion from Logan Roy I think it's it's all business. well because He's when concerned because it will unravel him when they're going back to the UK Kendall's like I can't go back there and the dad's like you're coming with me and then the dad's like you're driving to the house of the bereaved parents with me and he's torturing him he makes Kendall come into the house and again part of me is like Logan's awful and part of me was like well Kendall fucking deserves it but like the whole sequence just had me so upset for Kendall because in that moment Kendall's our protagonist but that's that's proof to me that Logan is at no stage doing any of this as a father protecting their son yeah it really shocked me He's, he's a CEO leveraging an employee and twisting the knife whenever he can for no reason. And then when Kendall... Oh, no, for the reason to benefit himself. He's Kendall a selfish, selfish person. And got really drunk and tried to post money through their letterbox. Oh, it's tragic. And, and then pathetic. he tried to tell his mom and his mom wouldn't listen. And you are just like, do you know what, Kendall? You're so privileged and rich. And like, I loathe everything about you. But actually in this scene, because the actress is so amazing, your heart's breaking for him. Yeah. That's what makes him such a fascinating character. And then as the season progresses, he starts to get some of his confidence back. And um, I mean, I think he, he's really back when we mentioned it already, but at the congressional hearings, when Kendall speaks, he's amazing. Yeah. Like he's so on it. Like he's, he understands all the questions. He's like throwing them back at um, Shiv's old boss. And he's like saying, you know, like basically we're not commies or whatever he's saying. Like, he's but, definitely... Back on form then, but Back I think it's, I think it's the episode before that in Dundee when he really comes to life. When again. he does L to the OG, that well that, but also the the way he's just acting around that young actress, like someone in 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 the throes of passion. Oh my god, I really enjoy that because he's cause living life again. We're so used to again, like used to liking Kendall, and like he decides he's in love with this actress, right? Sweeps her away from the play, even though his brother's like, please don't do that. She's actually the star of the play. And he sweeps her and he's like obsessed with her and he's like basically in love with her. And then he's like, I can't wait for you to meet my dad. And he's like a puppy dog. And then as soon as she meets the dad and he realizes the dad doesn't like her, he turns to one of his lackeys and says, get rid of her. Yeah, and doesn't even say goodbye. And that's when I was like, oh, the old Kendall's really back now because he's that's horrible what he's just done. No, actually, I think that's a mix of the old and new Kendall because the old Kendall was doing everything he could to undermine his dad because he didn't believe, he didn't align with his vision or anything. So that's actually, he's not fully back at that stage because he's still like living under the dad's shadow. He's completely owned by the dad, which he actually hadn't been previously. 
Maybe he was in his childhood. But as we knew Kendall in season one, it was dad doesn't know what he's doing. Dad shouldn't be running this company. He was he was out to get him. Yeah. So actually, the real the Kendall that we know from from season one isn't really fully back until the very final scene of of episode. And 10. it's that funny thing because I think he feels incredibly grateful to his dad for cleaning up the mess in Scotland. And also his dad's the only one who knows about it. So he feels like really indebted to his dad. And he feels like, because he wants to talk to other people about it, but he can't. And you know, when the dad says, you're my number one boy, you're number one boy. And everyone was taking the piss out of that on Twitter. But like that for Kendall. And when the dad's like, you're my number one boy and he's hugging him, like to Kendall as like the only nice thing that's happened to him in so long. But it's also... Logan knows exactly what he wants to hear. Yeah. It's Logan doesn't is not saying that because he believes it. He's saying it because Kendall needs to hear it. Yeah, and, and Logan knew that him. he'd stop the deal like the deal happening to lose his empire. Exactly. And that's why it's funny at the end of the season. I mean, the blood sacrifice stuff is just so epic and amazing when the dad announces he's going to sacrifice Kendall. But a part of me was like, well, do you know what, Kendall, you were going to sacrifice your dad at the end of the last season, you know, you've not exactly been a faithful servant like I mean Kendall kind of had it coming yeah but this is hang on yeah but this is uh, no he, in, in I this don't world agree. I don't agree in, in reality that da- any like the dad should be doing that to Kendall but Kendall is the one who's been in the company longest was actually in charge at some point when the cruise cover up was happening and in the previous season tried to take the company off his dad so from the dad's perspective it's like of course you'd do Kendall over Shiver Roman if, if you're thinking along the lines of which one of my three kids will I blood sacrifice fine but like the dad like Logan Logan at the beginning Dude, of that the OG. episode at the beginning of that episode was explicitly told by the shareholders that they want him to go which he well, never yeah, tells Logan would never do that like. he never tells anybody he half-heartedly says like oh maybe it should be and everyone's like oh no it shouldn't be you yeah. but yeah that like Dave saw now, coming I have I to didn't... address I have to ad- okay uh, no I have to address some fan theories that are going around online Ooh, which I, heard any. I don't agree with a lot of people are theorizing that um, Logan is in on this and that Kendall is still his lapdog and that Logan is turning himself in, but in a way that um, doesn't like he's ad- respecting the shareholders wishes, but but by not just handing in the reins and that Lo- uh, Kendall is acting on his back. No, because but, it gets way more press attention to do it this way than to well, just do your own make culpa. Also, I do don't buy any of the motivation for that it also doesn't make none of the scenes in the final season episode would even make sense then with him telling him it needs to be you um yeah we saw their whole conversation and also it just undermines kendall's entire journey through this whole yeah, season which true. is him becoming uh, so i just but i think I, what people I find are probably theory frustrating that theory, that theory, i don't think I agree with that theory but i think people are picking up on the fact that in the final scene when brian cox watches Kendall oh he smiles he smiles because he's proud yeah he's got the killer instinct yeah because he's like none of my kids have the killer instinct that's his whole thing he's proud exactly but that's thematically that's a way more interesting way to end the thing on than some silly plot twist where he's in on it and that's why he's smiling I think people are completely like there's no way the dad's in on it he spent the last five episodes trying to cover up the cruise thing no and also for the sake of season three what's more interesting that we get some some rug pull that it was like Logan and Kendall were working together the whole time oh my god it's genius or is it better to just have Kendall and Logan actually at loggerheads which is what we want let's face it it's fascinating as well because they really come around from season one because season one was that you know conflict season two Kendall's been his lapdog now season three it's like 
where is it going to go? Because actually, the, the, the dad does, it, it depends how dark the dad wants to go, but like, he knows every detail of Kendall's crime and they've covered the whole thing up. Yeah. I don't think the dad would implicate himself, but then you never know. Maybe he would. That card's going to get played. Yeah. He'll play that card. I think so too. For sure. It's like... I'm so excited for it. But yeah, that moment was one of the best television but Dave moments. Dave saw it coming because um, Kendall still looked like a hangdog walking into the press conference and Dave's like, he's going to do something. And I was like, I don't think so. I think he's just going to take it. And then it was just so epic. No, I just he, like, felt put- the momentum of the show building up to it. It was like close to the end. What were they going to finish it on? And there's no. I and, wish I hadn't watched it with you. And you're just waiting. You. You're just waiting for Kendall to wake up. The I whole wish time. I was watching it on my own because I didn't see it coming. And and obviously you didn't spoil it for me because you were just theorizing as we watched it. But I wished I'd had that moment because I was. I don't know. Was I tired or was I wasn't thinking? Because as soon as you said it, I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. But I would have loved to just be sitting there watching it and be completely shocked by Kendall. But also, I just. I think I spotted it when Logan said that line, which is so vitally important when he referred. To the to the man that that um, Kendall is responsible for his death, the waiter, as no real person involved, yeah. and we've already covered that and how that links to Logan and the cruises and everything. But that for Kendall, what that's the that's the breaking point, and yeah. that's where I Kendall's think, obsessed with that kid. Yes, and so it basically a undermined um, it undermined everything that Kendall had experienced um, from his dad as in in terms of him helping him to cover it up it, 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 he, it, he realises that his dad never saw it as a, a crime at all the whole time it also belittles the way that Kendall is feeling because Kendall is feeling that he is responsible for another human being's death which he is because he is a human being with feelings so he then acknowledges that his dad is lacking that I mean it's terrifying he's responsible for the entire cruises thing which Kendall has also been shocked by he's one of the few people who were saying like we need to clean this up this is disgusting and I genuinely don't think Kendall was aware of any of that I, I think he he, but he was overseeing the company at the time as COO yes he's technically yeah. responsible but Tom was aware Greg Logan clearly aware it seems like I don't um, think Kendall was yeah, aware yeah but Kendall definitely knew the molester thing though they all knew something or other was going on true the other line in that scene that Kendall's I think, no saint. The other line in that scene that I think drove Kendall to his ultimate act of blood sacrifice betrayal was when the dad he said to his dad, "Could it have been me?" And the dad said, "No, because you're not a killer." Yeah. And I think that tipped. I think that plus the no real person thing is what flipped Kendall because for him he it's like that thing of always wanting to his dad's approval and also he really wants to be the head of the company and as we said he's finally awakened and come back to himself a bit here. He's like, well, fuck you. I am a killer. And fuck you. He was a real person. And you did it all. Yeah. Um, and why would I take the blame? And I think the dad really should have handled that scene a bit better. <coughs> Imagine dad, just like being on set of that show and just watching those actors. The like. dad, but the dad, Logan thought he had a better, he, he, he thought he had a grip on on Kendall because Kendall essentially was his lapdog for nine yeah. episodes. And he didn't offer Kendall anything. You know, like if I'm going to ask someone... <laughs> to go to prison for me I think I'd offer them something and probably not say you're not a killer yeah. and you killed like not a real person the irony of course <laughs> being that Kendall is the only killer in the room that we know about <laughs> uh, oh it's so fun to laugh at these it's awful it's just like it's just like I find this show so fascinating what it does to me morally because I'm like rooting for these people and at the same time I'm like completely repulsed and like find them just disgusting they're so privileged they're so wealthy they're so 
self-absorbed and self-obsessed like they all have positions of power where they could be doing good things for the world and none of them do it that's exactly right and that's why that's it, it's sort of a meta commentary from this show about how we as a society view rich people because we we do revere them as you know the kardashians and influencers um donald trump we we obsess you're using we as a society here you're not saying me and you i'd like no i am so, sorry it's the, it's the royal we yeah. um, um no i have no time for any of those people but but society is obsessed with rich people it is it idolizes them there's hundreds of tv shows um fictional and otherwise about rich people um while also the we are also it's, it's a dichotomy we're also quite aware that there's a huge class divide and that that there's um 99% of the world's wealth is owned by 1% of the people so it's and we know they are responsible for some of the world's biggest crimes so well we know like it's fascinating you know I mean? like watching people like people like this like the news outlet like they're running in a mil- like in a million years we wouldn't ever dream of watching fox news and so much of this is actually um is very much nodding to the murdoch stuff of how like rupert murdoch and the phone scandal and how one of the sons was like taking blame for it and all that kind of stuff like there's a lot of yeah. murdoch references in this but yeah it's 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 just that fascinating it's such i think one of the reasons we enjoy it, why it feels like such escapism even though it has such heavy topics is because of that otherworldly sense of their wealth it just means that like it doesn't even feel like we're watching human beings yeah. because it's so absurd to be that rich and they're so disgusting like like there's even scenes earlier on in the season where um like they've houses everywhere right by the way so remember for the dad's party Shiv gives him a picture of all the houses they own and he doesn't even recognize them she gives him a picture book but um there's a very early on scene where they go to the Hamptons or somewhere where of course they have a mansion there's like a bird in the chimney or a fox in the chimney or something and the dad basically it was dead raccoons wasn't it yeah the dad decides that the contractor did it with no evidence and basically like refuses to pay the guy like 150 grand that he owns him owes him which is like would put someone out of business and then we see all the opulence of there's like must be 20 waitresses and waiters and chefs and all this food that's brought in. And then the dad's like, throw it all in the bin and get me pizza. And they're yeah. the moments where you're like, oh my God, you can kind of forget the wealth. And then you see those scenes and you're like, this is disgusting. Yeah. Like, um, it's Imagine just their so, carbon footprint. Oh, it's obscene. Like everywhere. helicopters everywhere, airplanes everywhere. It's like that, you know, the way you like, we always work really hard to be like, you know, not use plastic and like, bring our own coffee cups to coffee shops and like you know rinse out our yogurt pots before we recycle them and then it's like you know most of the damage in the world is being caused environmentally by like a hundred companies or whatever it's just like like even when they all went to that to italy for their holiday they're all getting like separate private jets like they don't even all get on the same private jet yeah. and then helicopter pads and like it's just it's mad the wealth but they they do it well because really really rich people don't really observe or talk about their wealth and the characters are never talking about it no it's just background to them the only one who's worried about the wealth is Khan yeah but he has reason to be because (laughs) he's made some very I just don't understand I I need to see this play okay let's wrap it up Uh, did you want to talk you wanted to talk about the music for a minute oh I just wanted to talk about it awesome clearly it is the the greatest soundtrack in the world and it won an Emmy this year the theme music is amazing but also the the way he layers in, um, I read an interview with the guy. God, I've forgotten his name, but the uh, 
he wanted to merge classical music and hip hop so um, and this sort of fusion of um the opulent to, to express the opulence that they have but also the sort of um I think in particular Kendall's sort of young, hun- hungry sort of nature. And uh, and they often do a lot with them. Um, obviously, like the main music is like piano, but then they do loads of violin stuff as well. And they're like ratcheting up the it's tension. It's beautiful and it's catchy so and um, orchestral and opulent. And it, it's it's one of the finest soundtracks um, I've ever heard. Yeah, it's incredible. And it, it works me in, like I'm in a frenzy when I hear that music. Like I had to skip the credits some nights because it was like, I can't watch this before bed like and then you'd be it's lying exciting, in bed isn't it? and the music's just going it's not as bad this season though or last season because we binged it and like I couldn't sleep for weeks because the bloody music going through my head it's slightly better this time and everyone's gone mad on the internet about it like remixing it and doing different versions of it and like it's so funny um, so yeah I think the music is just something to behold and it just adds that layer of opulence to it as you said it just feels so indulgent the music like yeah. how can music be this wonderful on a TV show <laughs> it's so good <laughs> Yeah, this is this. I look. Let's finish up by saying again. Clearly, we're obsessed. I am obsessed. Yeah, we're both obsessed. This. I. I just think this is the best show on television right now by like by a long margin. Yeah, I started. We're going to do our TV roundup next week of all the stuff we're watching. But there's a couple of new dramas I started watching, and I'm just like, I can't. Like after Succession, nothing is coming close. Yeah, because it's one of those things where it's it's um a creator and writers and um music and directors and acting it's like there's not a single chink in any of the armor here no. this is this is just it's a production that is just flawless from beginning to end and i really do and believe it's a that singular vision that came out like season one of this just yeah, knew exactly what everything it was doing has it and amazing amazing but do you feel like i think for me i think the reason that it's most powerful in the end though is because it is that family drama and the dynamic of a family because that's always the most interesting yeah like what's fascinating here as we've talked about extensively is like what logan will do to his children what they will do to their siblings what they will do to their spouses that's what's so shocking about it if you're just watching a scene with a ceo and his staff it just does not pack that punch as to watch somebody do what like logan's trying to do to kendall at the end of the season and but it also is that it's both of those it's things. both of those things yeah. and also to have you know as we said the little hints of like their really dark childhood and like there's such the love hate relationships they all have with each other and that's what keeps it really compelling at its core i think and that's why the best scenes are the ones with as we said like three or four of the kids and the dad yeah, are the best right. scenes you're right it's it's great it's epic greek tragedy kind yeah of. Uh, stuff it's like Shakespeare which, which even he and she, yeah and, and even Logan references an old Greek um, text about blood sacrifice yeah um, in the last episode so that you know that's that's not a coincidence no no I think nothing in the show is a coincidence it's all very very cleverly constructed oh, so yeah God, can't wait it. to watch season 3 okay right Let's let leave us it know there. I think this is the longest episode we've ever done. It is, yeah. Um, let us know if you watch Succession, if you like Succession, if you want episodic reviews next time. Give us all your theories as to what season three is about because we are loving them. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Let's talk. Let's chat. Chat in the comments. You know where to go. <laughs> Thanks for listening.
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What do you do when no one else is watching? What do you do that makes you happy for no reason at all? What are you obsessed with? I'm Leslie Arfin, and I'm a writer, but I'm also a dancer, a painter, a vapor, a dollhouse enthusiast, and basically just an overall hobbyist. My podcast, Filling the Void, is all about what other people are fanatically into. We talk about hobbies, even if you don't have one. Listen to Filling the Void on Tuesdays on the Erios Network, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.